baseball and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. now. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. And welcome in on a Tuesday. Second show of the week. Big show ahead. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt in the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents all across the state. Available to you in all 82 counties here. Y'all feel free to hit me up today. Uh, Be a part of the show. Hope we get to hear from you. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. Comment on the live stream if you're in there. Facebook, YouTube, otherwise. Uh, hit me up on the Country Please and text line or call me on the phone. The Divini phone, 995-1059 is the number. 601-995-1059. Give me a call there. As I said, text me on the Country Please and text line, 885-ESPN. That's easy enough to remember, right? 885-ESPN. So feel free to text me. We're live. It's the real deal. It's not pre-recorded, nothing else. I'm talking about I'm sitting here looking at you, you're looking at me. And uh, Bill is here. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt Wyatt in the words of Beaver. Yep, in the words of Beaver. <laughs> Matt, Matt Wyatt. Wyatt. It's like uh, he calls me by my full name. Uh, Gator Greg only calls me by my last name. Uh, Gator Greg only says Mr. Wyatt. I don't think he has ever. And Gator Greg has has called the radio shows that I've been a part of going way, way back to maybe the first one I ever did. And it's always Mr. Wyatt. So he, he's never called me Matt. <laughs> Not once. Isn't it funny? <laughs> different people, different personalities, different ways about uh, going about things, but that makes it fun. Um, including on the live stream, Terry is on Periscope. Twitter, he said hello. Danny's on Facebook, said he's watching in Houston, Mississippi. You know what I saw regarding Houston? So... Maybe I can pull this up here in the old Twitter sphere. I think it was from last night. Let me see if I can uh, find it for you. Yeah. Um, so I was looking ahead at the high school football schedule <clears throat> and had been trying to, I haven't yet picked out which games I'm going to go to on which days. Only a couple of suggestions I was pretty sure about. Still fluid, you know, as they say. But week to week, I'd figure out which high school games I'm going to try to go to and maybe film them, do the uh, Hometown Heroes series again for social media, which was so much fun to do last year, and people liked it, so I thought we'd do it again. And one of the ones that's kind of on the radar, was on the radar, was Calhoun City at Houston. It's early in the year, maybe. Well, I have to look it up here. I guess it'd be the season opener, right? So maybe a couple of weeks, Calhoun City was going to play at Houston. I didn't go to Houston for a game last year. Well, then I look up last night, and Courtney Robb, who is an anchor reporter for WCBI Sports in Columbus. By the way, Bill, you know, I was talking about how Indiana produces, University of Indiana produces all these journalists and writers and broadcast people. Mm-hmm. It's another, we've had a run of those, a bunch of folks from Indiana, but Courtney Robb has on her Twitter profile, IU Bloomington grad. Okay, former Chicago resident. But anyway, she put on Twitter last night, she's working for WCBI in Columbus now, she said, I can confirm the report that the Calhoun City football team is quarantined due to COVID-19. 
Coach Jennings tells me the team needs to enter a 10-day quarantine before the Wildcats are allowed to resume practice, play a game. Game one against Houston is TBD, to be determined. So now that one may totally be up in the air. Uh, Turns out Calhoun City football, not the only one. There was also a report, Oxford Volleyball. Uh, The Oxford Volleyball team going through the same thing. So anyway, starting to see some of that stuff pop up. So Danny, I saw you there. You were saying watching in Houston, Mississippi. Right? Um, Maybe get to play them at some point. Uh, Jason on the live stream, he's on Facebook. He said hello from Union slash Philadelphia. Starting to learn a little bit more about that part of the world. Towns and communities there. Invited to a football game in Madden. Looking forward to going to that. Uh, Will is on YouTube right off the bat. He said, Hail State, Matt. Love the new podcast. I subscribed on Spotify. Looking forward to Thursday. Okay, well, that gives thanks, Will. Appreciate that. It gives me a chance to tell my radio listeners here, hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. If you listen on the radio and you didn't hear me talk about it yesterday. Uh, if you're a Mississippi State football fan, doing a new state football podcast, the name of it is Better Than Average. Here's why. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? Yeah, I tell you, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so that comment last year after beating LSU from Mike Leach sort of stuck in my head. I thought that'd be a good name. So that's why I named it, uh, publishing new episodes of that it's it's Bulldog Football Only podcast on Mondays and Thursdays throughout the fall. I had the first one yesterday. We'll have a new one on Thursday. And uh, there are links all over the place. You can look it up. Better than average. It's on Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes. Uh, Spotify. I kind of recommend Spotify, but, you know, you do you. Whichever one you like is fine. And then there's also links to a direct website home for it. You can just go to my website, which is mattwyattmedia.com. You can find the information uh, right there. And look it up on social media. So, Will, thanks for that. Gave me a, a good, nice little smooth segue and a reason to uh, put that out there and promote it. <laughs> Thank you. Woodrow is the first down on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. I got the lime green red hog hat on today. It says Country Pleasing on the back. Thanks for the lid, boys. Country Pleasing sausage. I get, I've, I've been buying some at Walmart here in Tupelo recently. Different flavors. Anyway, Woodrow texts me in the country, please, and text. He's in. He says, hey, from Pearl. And he wants to say hello to Bill as well. Bill's hello. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he said good day to me, and then he wanted to make sure you were included. Um, so we, we'll take it that way. If you all say hey to us, we will always take it as a collective hello, like meaning all of us, not just me or really, and, and, and not just Bill, too. Like, it's all of us. Now, listen. Hold on just a minute, okay? Time out. What do you think about preseason polls? What do you think about preseason polls? Uh, they're exciting when they come out. You've got the you got a, preseason polls for college football, for instance. The two are Associated Press, and then the um, and then the USA Today coaches poll. All right. The, the problem I have with either is that they're preseason, you know, and as we've gotten to started to have expanded playoffs and stuff, well, we did go to four teams. You know, what's the point in having a top 25 when four teams are going to the, 
But you could also flip it on the other side of that coin. It's like I do in baseball and basketball. I just go, why are you doing a top 25 when 60-something teams get in the postseason? What's the point of this? Okay, the other thing is in football, as you all know, and, and we all know, that you know the preseason stuff for football, it's like the top five to the top ten are fairly easy. And then after that, they almost always screw it up. Always. They can't ever get any of it right. Like 15 through 25, <laughs> you know, so because then they start playing games and there's always surprises and letdowns and you don't really know. Okay. Can I put Clemson and Alabama and Ohio state near the top? Sure. And then I look like I'm smart. Well, we're not because, you know, a, a chimp with one eye covered and his arm in his pocket can figure that out. So I'm sort of, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over polls. Okay, the coaches' poll came out today, USA Today. You had six teams in the top 25, including Ole Miss at number 25 in the coaches' poll. But here's the thing about that, too. It's a little misleading. I think you as a fan ought to know this. A lot of the coaches who have, quote-unquote, votes in the poll aren't even doing it. They have someone doing it for them. Some do it. But you have a lot of coaches who don't even fill out their own ballot. They have their sports information director do it or, or an office assistant or something. I mean, I'm not kidding. It's true. So then it's like, well, it ain't all coaches. Why are we calling it the coaches poll? They just give them votes, but they don't use their votes in the poll. So I'm a little bit yeah, sort of iffy on the poll thing, but especially the Associated Press deal. And no, y'all, listen, yeah, I'm a state guy. This is not because this particular year, the media in Birmingham, for instance, at SEC Media Days, picked state last in the West Division. It's, I'm not reacting to that. I feel the same way about it every year. I don't care if they put state first or second or fourth or last. It doesn't matter. I feel the same way about it. Is You almost never get it right. Okay, And that's even in the years that Alabama has been so dominant, they still almost never get it right, which is hard to fathom. Okay, But they just don't know. Yesterday, a reporter after practice posed the question to Mike Leach. Hey, coach, they picked you last. Uh, do you use that as bulletin board material motivation for your team? Here is his answer. Uh, I pretty well ignore it. I mean, I, uh, I, I don't ask those guys' opinion on anything else, so I'm probably not going to start with that. <laughs> I mean... It's just classic. <clears throat> I love the the phrasing. That's another thing that I think makes Mike Leach very entertaining is the phrasing. You'd never, I wouldn't anyway, ever think to phrase it that way. I'm not asking their opinions on anything else, so I'm probably not going to start with that. Like, where am I going to finish in the division? <laughs> I'm not starting with that. I love the answer. Uh, I pretty well ignore it. I mean, I... Uh... I, I don't ask those guys' opinion on anything else, so I'm probably not going to start with that. Probably not going to start with that. Just thought I'd pass that along. What do you think about polls? Ah, oh, they're fun. I mean, that's what they are. They're they're a lot of fun, and it, you know, it gives some teams maybe motivation. It gives others a you know a a good sense of maybe what their potential is. Uh, and others, you know, kind of puts a target on their back, things they've got to live up to. But, you know, nowadays, as 
everything kind of is what it is in college football. You, you go into every year kind of knowing the, the two or three that are the best. They're on the other side of the Grand Canyon. The rest of us chasing them. And on this side of it, there's some that are overachieving and up and down according to who their quarterback is. Yeah. All right, country please and text Rebel Tiger Dog. Rebel Tiger Dog. Said, I just heard you mention you're coming to the to Madden to a uh, Leak Academy Rebels game. Would love to meet you in person. Did you have a date and game picked out? My son was a senior on the 13-0 undefeated 5A state championship team. Still unreal and an awesome way that he went out. Boy, what a way to finish your high school career. Yeah, the one that it's in September um, that my friend Philip Prince and others have invited me to maybe check out is it's the rivalry game. Is it Union? Is it Leak versus Union? Or Isn't that what it is? See, don't roll your eyes at me. I'm learning this stuff. Okay? I've never been there. I've never been to a game there. And they were – I'd gotten some messages and some tweets about it from Philip and, and a few others uh, for that matter. I'm kind of struggling right now to scroll back through. Here it is. No, that's not it. Anyway, I was going to scroll back through and kind of look at it, <laughs> but I can't seem to find it uh, right right now. When I when I, I think it's the the leak game. I'm sorry, not leak union. September the. Well, shoot, I'll figure it out. But anyway, I think that's the one that I'm because they were saying it's a big rivalry game. It'd be a lot of fun to go to. Woodrow texted the show. He said, as far as the polls, any positions outside of one through five are worthless and irrelevant. <laughs> In the poll, yeah, I mean that's it's it's really hit or miss, you know. Opinions, and that's that's good. That's what they are. But um, I don't know. I they're fun. That's about it. Bull texted the show and said, "Matt, if you're needing something to watch, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana is playing in the Little League World Series on ESPN tonight." Well, how about that? Now, Bull, help me out. The Little League stuff, Little League World Series is televised every year. Williamsport, Virginia, isn't that where it is? Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay, sorry. Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Didn't we have a team from Starkville that was in the running and had to drop out because of COVID stuff here the last few days? Or was that a different World Series? Bull is telling me that if this team from Lafayette wins tonight, they will go to Pennsylvania. All right. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, I think they're in the sectionals or right now. Okay. And then uh, the Little World Series, World Series will start up. And then they have that game. You know, they play a national, the MLB game there. Every uh-huh. Year. So, right. And uh, they didn't do anything last year. So there was no Little League World Series last year. Which is hmm. Incredible. Yeah. That stunk. I almost got there. When I oh, Really? Baseball. We got to the sectionals of the team I played for. And you were, and this was in California? Out. Yeah, that was right before going to Pennsylvania, in hmm. California. Where Made was your sectional? It was in uh, San Bernardino, California. Okay. And we lost out. But the Pony League that I played for, where they call it Pony League out there, which is the, you know, the older kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the first year I was in it, ours, our Pony League actually won the World Series. Oh wow! In Springfield, Illinois. They beat Hawaii. 
Oh, wow. And I was an alternate. I didn't get to go because I was an alternate. But uh, then the next year, we made it to the set. Almost got back again the next year to the Pony League World Series. To the Pony League? Springfield. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. But our, our team that year won 18 games straight to get there. Didn't lose oh, a game. Oh, man. And won the World Series. It was South Bay Pony League. Okay. South Bay. to California. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And so when you say older World kids, Series, when you say older yeah, kids, like though. The, 13, 14 years old. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And, of course, then Colt League was after that. You played, okay. you know, 15, 16 in high school. But, yeah, the Park Lane, the Park View Little League from Chula Vista won the World Series about six years ago, I guess it was. Oh, did that? I helped start that Little League when I was out there. I was one of the first coaches when I was 16 years old. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we started that Little League. And the first year I was a, I was one of the coaches. I was 16, and uh, then I saw him playing in the World Series. I said, wait a minute, Parkview. Yeah. I, I remember starting in that <laughs> And they won the Little League World Series. I think it was like six, seven years ago. They went all the way through. And won. You know, when I think of Little League Baseball and the state of California, you know what I picture in my head? The league that the Bad News Bears were in. No. <laughs> you know, I picture that because, you know, the field and you had that great view out beyond, of course, the, the whole landscape and – you know, and then the the kid in the movie who he it's the girl who he's trying to get to come pitch for mm-hmm. him, and she's sitting on the street corner selling maps to the homes of the stars, yeah, for tourists and everything. And it was Walter Matthau, Walter Matthau, coach yeah. of the Bad News. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the teams out there. California has little league has dominated yeah. many years there. Of course, them and also up in the. Uh, Eastern Division up there around Boston, up in that area, they had some really good teams that yeah. won a lot of <clears throat> World Series up there. I they were just what. talking to a pitcher pitching for uh, the White Sox the other night. Was, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he played in a Little League World Series. He was talking about being there and playing in the World Series. That's always neat to me, Bill, when you've got a major leaguer who did that, who might have mm-hmm. played in Pennsylvania in the Little League World Series, and they'll have the, the video of when he was you know, 9 or 10 or whatever it was. Yeah. And they show that. That's always neat to see that. You know, for a little league team from California, though, I mean, that's a long trip to go play in Pennsylvania. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, that's uh, quite literally almost coast to almost coast to coast. This is yeah, one we, side start, we started out in our playing right there in town in Chula Vista, and then we moved to we moved up the coast a little bit and played in uh, San Bernardino. Then, and then I think after that we'd have been in Williamsport, but we didn't make it. Didn't quite make it. Came came close, came close though. Real yeah. Close. What is it they say? Close only counts in hand yeah. grenades and yeah, horseshoes. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know when you're 12 years old, it's pretty exciting. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. That's neat. Okay, well, might turn that on and watch it. Uh, thanks for the I heads up. I was an athlete at one time. <laughs> and well, we all were. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we all wake up at one point, Bill, and you know we just have to sort of level with ourselves and go. Well, you know, that's gone. That part of our life is gone. Yeah. It's like every time well, I, I drop something. School, you know. yeah. Every time I drop something, I reach down to pick it up. That's when I realize <laughs> they're good. my, my athletic ability it. is gone. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh. Well, I probably would have played. I didn't play when I was a senior in high school because we moved from California to Mississippi when my dad retired. And when I got to the to Lee High School in Columbus is where I went to school, mm-hmm. uh, they had already picked the team and everything by the time I got there. So. Yeah. I didn't get to play my last year, so that was you know, pretty much my You know, that old high career. school there, uh, <laughs> Lee High School in, in Lee. Columbus, yeah. the football stadium or the 
the shell of it is still sitting there or was the last time I drove up, whatever that road is, where it's basically right across the street from where Little Dewey's barbecue is in Columbus, yeah. right before you get up into town. You're talking about the old the, the old stadium right downtown there, right yeah. the old school? Uh-huh. That, that's where we played our games, yeah. But it's it had only had seats on one side right? because it was right on the road. Mm-hmm. It's still there. Yeah. But, and, and, of course, they were concrete. This concrete seats. Concrete. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like in a hole, sort of. And, and sure enough, yeah. it's sort of... It's a little catty corner, but basically across the street mm-hmm. from from where Little Dewey's Barbecue is mm-hmm. on that street. It's just before you top the hill and you're basically in town, you know. Um, yeah. And I've seen that stadium over the years, and I've never stopped to think, and even to this point, I never stopped to think, well, what are they going to do with it? I mean, they're just going to... I think it's a historic monument now. Oh, is it? I believe so. Huh. But yeah, the you know, the, and Lee High School, of course, was further away from it. Okay, I didn't realize that. Other, it was north of town. Lee High School was not there. That school that there was an elementary school, and now it's like offices. Okay, so Lee yeah, High School Lee High, was high north school was of town. Place. Well, actually, it was uh, yeah, north of town. Yeah. Okay. On uh, right off of the right off the bypass there. Now I think it was on Highway 25 there. Okay. Is where the high school was. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, you can still see the old stadium you drive through there. Sure can. Ah, memories. Didn't take us long. Well, hey, look. Hey, look. More recent. We got some drama at Saints training camp. Who dat nation? I'm going to fill you in next. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Jeans do come true. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit just for my listeners. Enter discount code Matt Wyatt. Just answer the questions. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Answer the questions. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent or visit us online. Go with the home team. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with the slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right there's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. 
and they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max, got it at C Spire, went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out, okay? And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. Cspire, customer inspired. After these messages, we'll be right back. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus. We've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. A lot of people in the equipment world, you know, things kind of go in trends, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so kind of the first big thing uh, we look at when we start evaluating our business is going to be our turf equipment. That's kind of the first big push because once the, you know, once everything, the water dries up and the grass starts growing, this is what everybody's looking to get. Uh, we carry the new right stand-up mower. Doesn't look like much, but this thing is, and it costs just as much as zero turn. Not a cheap unit at all. I mean, if you go out there and look at that zero turn, this thing right here, I mean, it's got all your components from your big pumps to your commercial engine to your large steel deck. Um, and these guys were the first ones to make the standard mower. Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big bird's eye buy this week is bird's eye orange juice. Easy, you can serve it in a minute. Thrifty, it will save you. Andy's on your radio right now. No. You've got the Matt Wyatt Show on 105.9 The Zone and online at thezone1059.com. All right, back with you. Plenty to get into. I see all your texts over there. I'm coming to you, Woodrow, Bull, and Fletcher, and others from all over the place. Coming to your texts. Got some comments on the live stream as well. Thanks for tuning in over there, everybody on Facebook, YouTube. Hi to y'all. We'll get into some of that. Right now, flip it over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line, Madison and in Jackson. Divinity Equipment is your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. Jeff is hanging on line one. What's up, Jeff? What's going on, Matt? I was just going to call and uh, give you a little history on the Magnolia Bowl in Columbus. Uh, that's My dad coached at Caldwell, which was the opposition of Lehigh, for years and years and years, and boy, I sat in that stadium a hundred times probably growing up as a kid watching watching them coach and play and all that. And and uh, I know I was talking to call screener there for a minute, and mm. there's some famous folks that have coached in that stadium before. Billy Brewer being one of them. That was my mom's PE coach and uh, at Lehigh for for years, and then Robert Youngblood, who coached at Caldwell, uh, went to work with. Billy Brewer at Louisiana Tech, and I think mm. ended up at Ole Miss as well. So, uh, been a lot of folks that ran through that stadium and sat on those hard seats yeah. in the years. Now, I got a story about Robert Youngblood, by the way. 
Okay, <laughs> Bill. All right, Robert Youngblood. Robert Youngblood was uh, the guy who watched over our study hall when I was at Lehigh, right? Okay, so he was at Lehigh. I, you know, yeah, and Jeff mentioned Jeff mentioned Caldwell, and I was curious. Well, so is that another? Ended, is that another up, high school? He ended up being the head coach. He ended, he ended up being the head coach. Head yeah. coach. Oh, okay. Yeah, Caldwell, when they when they separated, when they built Caldwell, and then of course, I guess later on in the years, my dad coached with both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and ended up, my dad ended up being the principal at Columbus High School when they consolidated. Uh, yeah. for, but anyway, yeah. But uh, uh, Robert the, Youngblood, Robert Youngblood was was the assistant coach there in seventy one, seventy and seventy one yep. when, when when Billy was there. And uh, right. <laughs> I was in study hall one day, which we we were in the auditorium for study hall, and me and another guy were kind of sitting there, and we started talking, you know, cutting up, and talking. And, cutting up. <laughs> and Robert Youngblood came down, walking down. He said, "You two boys come with me." <laughs> and now Robert Youngblood had arms that looked like trees. Oh yeah. And he took us out in the hall, right there in the where all the pictures hung. You know, of all the students. Mm. Yep. And he had a paddle in his hand. <laughs> of course. He said, "Boys, grab some wall." <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we heard was, "Wow!" <laughs> and pain started. Uh-huh. He said, "Now you boys go back if you can sit down and be quiet." That is great. Grab some wall. Yeah, buddy. Grab some wall. Get your hand full of water. I was paddled by Robert Youngblood talking in study hall. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. (laughs) right. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you for the call. Memories of high school. That that, that one I don't really like. Yeah, they don't don't do that anymore. (laughs) No, they don't. But that settled us down. I never talked in study hall again. All right. He mentioned Caldwell. Yeah. That was a different high school that was in Columbus? Let me tell you the story. This is 1971, and they... Caldwell had just come into an ex- existence, right? Okay, but they it's in Caldwell Columbus. Yeah, it's in Columbus. Okay, uh, it was in Columbus. It was on East. It was in East Columbus. Okay, so they had separated the schools because Hunt Junior High became. It was at one time it was Hunt High School, then it became Hunt Junior High, and they moved the students got moved to Lehigh and Caldwell. Hmm. Okay, well Caldwell that first year they did they couldn't have two separate football teams, so the football teams were combined. Oh. So all the football players played on one team, which was Lehigh. Okay. But the Caldwell players played because there was not enough players to do two high schools at that time. So that year we had all the football players on that one team from both schools. And Billy Brewer was the coach. Robert Youngblood was the assistant coach. And then, you know, we had a guy that punted for us that went on to Mississippi State and ended up playing for the 49ers Hmm. for a while. Wow. And – um but, yeah, they combined the schools that year. Well, then the next year they split them. You know, their football teams, all the cheerleaders were in one school. You know, they went to school at Caldwell, but they played football for us. And they all played at the Magnolia Bowl. Isn't that cool? The Magnolia yeah. Bowl. I had a lot of football st- players in my English classes and stuff. So That's neat. That old but, stadium yeah. that's still sitting there. That's really cool. Somebody yeah. text us here on the country, please, and text line at 885-ESPN. Unnamed texter said uh, that Billy Brewer and Robert Youngblood – went to southeast Louisiana together first mm-hmm. and then to Louisiana Tech. Right. And then I guess then from there on to Ole Miss afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Fleet Feet Pete texted and said his mom was a secretary at Caldwell High School while his sister was a student at Lee on the, yeah. on the other side of town. Now, now let me ask you this just real quick. <clears throat> okay, so you said Caldwell was on the east side. And you right. know, right now Columbus High School is sort of out there 
That's where that's where Caldwell is. Okay, there, so there's, there's only one high school now. Right, this is Columbus, Columbus, and that's where it is, where Columbus High School is right mm-hmm. now. That's where the school is. Okay, now. and the old Lehigh is becoming uh, apartments, I think, or something. They're turning it into apartments. Are they? Yeah, you know, we had all those uh, pictures. I had I had relatives, my uncles and aunts, and all went to school at Lehigh, so I could walk down the hall and see the the, the pictures of the senior classes. You know that they hung on the wall. Yeah. yeah, there's my aunt. Oh, there's my uncle. Yeah. And then I was hanging in the hallway. Also, I hope <laughs> they got them all out of there. They probably <laughs> That's neat. Things really but, do yeah. change over the years. Well, Jeff, hey, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. That's a lot of memories there. No Coach doubt Brewer about it. Going back, uh, that's back in the day. We're, we're pushing. We're a little 1971. Over, pushing when I graduated, around. I graduated in 71. Was that 50 years ago? Uh, hey, did you have your 50th uh, reunion yet? Or. Well, they could. <laughs> this is what's so funny about that the 50th reunion. I was work. I've been working here in Jackson since the 1980 something. You know, been in the area anyway. Mm-hmm. It came down in 1979, and uh, they got ready for the big re- for the reunions every year. And I worked with a girl actually here that was in a class behind. She you know she was a, a freshman when I was a senior, and she was one of our salespeople at another station I worked at here in town. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> When they were trying to find all the people for the, for some reason they couldn't find me, to let me know about the reunions. Oh wow! And when I went to work there, she said, "We didn't know you were." My, my sister, her sister was a senior when I was a sister. When I, her sister was a senior when I was. Yeah. And they'd been trying to find me, and I said, "Well, I've been right here in Jackson the whole time, all this time." <laughs> but yeah, they had the. I didn't. I didn't go to the reunion. I only went to school there one year. Yeah. I, went, I was in California before that, but. Yeah, that was kind of funny. They couldn't find me. I'd been yeah. in radio in Columbus, mm-hmm. and then I came here and was in all this time on the radio. People could hear me tell <laughs> my name, but no, they couldn't yeah. find me. Couldn't find you. Well, yeah. you know. That was a lot, a lot of fun. I'm sure. High school. Well, that's neat. Looking back on the good old days. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Not that long ago. Um, yeah, according to you. Yeah, right. That's my perspective. <laughs> perspective is an awesome thing. Um, hey, listen, if y'all are tuning in, this is a live show, as you can tell. We're live. Okay, so you can be a part of the show. Like Jeff, we get to hear your voice on the Divinity Equipment phone. You can call and talk to Bill, then talk to us. Uh, everything's on the table. Let me know. Um, also, text me on the Country Pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Bull, hang on for me. Uh, Bull says, what's the Saints news? I'm, I'm, we got some drama brewing at Saints camp. Um, I'll get to that in about five minutes. Just hang on for me. Uh, I'm going to get caught up here. Fletch, Fletcher, sorry, not Fletch, Fletcher on the uh, country pleasing text line says, Matt, am I wrong or this state team may not have a real weakness? Well, uh, Fletcher, no, I mean, they've got weaknesses. Um, You know, you know, I was just talking about with Bill, you know, perspective when you look at the perspective of the very top of college football, the Alabamas and the Ohio States and Clemsons looking down at everybody else, well, from that perspective, yes, State's got some weaknesses, okay? Um, you kind of have to get into the year to figure out what some of those are. Let's watch the actual actual ball games, or at least get farther into fall camp, right? Like for me personally, I went to the first three practices – only one of those that they even have shoulder pads on, not full pads. I'm going to go back tomorrow. They're going to have full pads on. 
But it, like I said, it'll be the first full pads practice. There's only so much evaluation that you can, I mean, practically do that early in camp. What I do is I'm looking at State's team, like I talked about on the podcast. When well, I'm looking at, you know, positionally, what are the numbers, number one, at that position? What is the experience and age of the numbers at that position? And, yeah, okay, talent. Okay, that's kind of the third piece of it. Well, what they have done is, from last year to this, with Transfer Portal and otherwise, they've done a nice job of hanging in there with the roster. When you look at when the new staff took over, they come in, they've got COVID, they come in and do another full signing cycle, do the transfer thing, and now you have a roster. From a numbers perspective, they're still not where they want to be, maybe at receiver, but I think picking up Makai Polk was a big deal. Picking up Jameer Calvin was a big deal to add into that group. You know, if you're healthy, you're, you feel really good about it. If you, you can take an injury or two, you know, if you didn't get those transfers, you'd feel much different about it. Um, <clears throat> defensively, on defensive front, you know, depth is there. There'll be, you know, one guy that elevates. There may be one who underperforms. So when you say they don't really have any real weaknesses, um, they're going to have some weaknesses. Every team will have some some weak spots, especially once injuries start to happen. Um, you know, people were asking me about the depth at corner, and I'm going, well, okay, I get it, but find me a football team who, when they get down to their fourth and fifth corners, are comfortable with that. Nobody has that. Nobody has six corners they're happy to run out there on the field this year. But inevitably, somebody will get hurt, and you have to next man up. They have weaknesses, yeah. But I don't think they have as many weaknesses as some want you to think. More coming your way. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Arrive today. Jeans do come true. Thank you, Blue Delta. Yeah, jeans do come true. That's what the bag says. Blue Delta jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi, my hometown. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit. Design a jean. And before you know it, you'll be addicted. Just for my listeners, enter discount code MattWyatt, all lowercase. Again, that's if you listen to me, you can use discount code MattWyatt, all lowercase. And at checkout, you're going to get a 10% discount off your order. So I just went online, ordered them. Uh, BlueDeltaJeans.com. A couple weeks ago. Went in, I didn't go get measured. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. I just answered the questions, and here they are at my doorstep a couple weeks later. Nice. That blue delta. Nice. I'm happy. (laughs) I've known the Blue Delta team for years, and I'm thrilled to have these guys on as a sponsor of this show. Blue Delta's virtual tailor is a fun and easy way to get yourself into the best fitting pair of jeans you're ever going to own. But you never 
thought you'd get a butt shot out of me, huh? How about that? Just answer the questions and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, bluedeltajeans.com, answer the questions. It's amazing how they do it. They will fit perfectly. You're not gonna find better material and better feeling pants, period. Anywhere, bluedeltajeans.com. Use this code. Use the code, you're gonna get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. I promise you that, and I know that you are gonna love them too. Make sure you use the code. And remember, jeans do come true. After these messages, we'll be let me tell you about an ice cream can't be beat. The very best tasting you can eat. It's meadow, 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 meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. Go to your ice cream man today and here's the word that you should say. Oh, give me meadow, meadow, meadow smooth. Freeze meadow go. And remember, folks, meadow gold is mighty good. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Six o'clock, dinner time. Thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. Yes, thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. The terrific busy day dessert you can make at the very last minute. See how quick and easy. Just add it to cold milk and beat it up. That's all. By the time you're ready to eat it, it's all ready for you. Jell-O Instant Pudding, made by the famous Jell-O folks. So creamy, so nourishing, so delicious. No other instant pudding is quite the same. Stock your shelves with all seven flavors. The good, good, busy day dessert. Jell-O instant pudding. Back with you. Let's hit some of these texts on the country pleasing text line 885 ESPN 601 number 885 ESPN. Okay, so the high school game we were talking about is Leak versus Union on September the 10th. Someone texted me they're going to be a referee in that game, said, you know, it's a public school versus private school, should be a good game, rivalry. Yeah, so um, looking forward to that. Hopefully that works out. I really do. Sincerely hope that works out. They can be there. Unnamed texter said, who starts quarterback week one for Mississippi State? Lovertich or Rodgers? Well, uh, and and if anybody's listening, I know Chance and his uh, family are, you know, from the metro area. What, he went to prep? Do I have that right? Uh, Lovertich went to and, – and I'm saying Lovertich, if it's Lovertick – Y'all let me know if it's a hard CH or if it's if I'm saying it right, maybe, you know, let me know. But I think it'll be Rogers. I think, you know, Will is ahead, was ahead, had a you know, head start. Now, you know, chances practicing well, getting a ton of good reps. You heard, and I'll let you hear this, some of the post practice comments from Mike Leach from yesterday, including he had a question in there about specifically about 
uh, Chance Levertich and the quarterback competition and how that's going. You know, I, I would tell you just, you know, early on, Will looks very much in command of everything, and that's what you want. You know, his leadership stuff is not fake. It's not a put-on. It's not he's trying to be a leader. And I mean, it really does come natural to him, coach his son, all that. And he's really in command of what's going on, and that's what you got to have. I think, I think certainly it's Will's job to lose. That's the way it looks. But, you know, you follow Mike Leach over the history <laughs> – over, the, over his time as a quarterback coach at different schools and stuff, and, and, and obviously head coach, I mean, it's day-to-day, week-to-week. you got to keep winning the job every time you go out or else they'll play somebody else. You know, So the pressure's always on when you're a quarterback in that system. But right now he looks to really be in control. Um, but I say right now, again, it's super early. They have a lot of practicing. And the, to me, and I think most coaches feel the same way, all of practice is important. Every drill you do is important. Everything you're trying to get accomplished is important. But when you put on full pads and we start actually having 11-on-11 full speed stuff, real football, and then we have a scrimmage or two, that stuff weighs very heavily in the evaluation because that's the closest thing to actual ball games as you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, Denzel said, y'all were talking about concrete bleachers. Union High School had the concrete bleachers till about 2005 or 6. Now it's one of the nicest stadiums in the state. Chicken Hawk, we'll just, uh, we say we'll see just how nice it is next year. Uh-huh. Okay. He'll be coming in there, huh? Okay, here you go. Here's your news for you. Uh, Bull said, what is the Saints news? Well, you know, pardon me if it's bringing up something that's being blown out of proportion. But I don't know that it necessarily is in the NFL world. I think this is a, it's not something you want. You don't really want this because you just don't know how it could fester. And you got to be real careful with this stuff when drama pops up. And, and, you know, if we're being honest, it's been a while since the Saints had really any, any real drama. Honestly, you know, there was some stuff with Drew Brees a year or two ago, which, Whatever, in my opinion, that was more made up than it was anything else. Um, and you go all the way back to Bounty Gate, but that's been a long time ago. Now, this is not anything on a big scale, but just you need to know. There seems to be a little bit of a rift between the Saints and their star player, receiver Michael Thomas. We know the whole deal. They paid him all this money, right? Huge contract. He's hurt, requires surgery, but they didn't get surgery early. They waited, waited, waited. Now it's got him missing camp. They were a little uncomfortable with that. Sean Payton's been vocal about They didn't like the fact he didn't go get the surgery when he should have initially, all this kind of stuff. He told reporters last month, Sean Payton did, we would have liked that the surgery would happen earlier. Quite honestly, it should have, all this kind of stuff. This past weekend, the Times-Picayune had a report that said, that Michael Thomas for the Saints didn't return calls in the offseason regarding his ankle. That would be from the Saints' perspective. And now this happened, Bull. Michael Thomas, yesterday morning, sent out a cryptic tweet. He didn't type it up, apparently. It's like something on a screenshot type thing, and it's these words that say, 
They tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. That's it's it's not like first person, it's more it's more third person, but it's like like fourth person. And it's not like something that he typed up in a tweet. This weird thing about him, and everybody took it as he's insinuating, hey, well, if I told the whole truth, it'd make the Saints look bad. All right, this is the player who's going to play for you. Huge contract. So in a press conference opportunity, they asked Sean Payton last night, hey, you got any reaction to this? I know last week you talked about communication and how good it is from the top down. If a player, Michael Thomas, sent out a tweet, all right, here you're hearing the question. It's blah 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 blah. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher. He's asking about the tweet. I look. We're focused on our guys, and obviously we're focused on Mike getting healthy. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's never been an issue. Do you want to address anything you insinuated today? No, I don't want to have a press conference based on social media. I don't want to have a press conference based on social media. When the star wide receiver says, hey, if I told my side of the story, it'd make them look bad. And there's, a, there's an extra little bit of angst for Houdet Nation. It seems like also because of some injuries and what um, the latest with their kicker, Will Lutz, he tweeted, Unfortunately, I found out that my training camp will be cut short due to an injury that had progressively worsened. After talking with our excellent medical team and training staff, as well as second opinion from a specialist, it's our best interest to get this fixed now. And so he's going to have surgery on a groin type of thing. And here's Sean Payton talking about that. started with a core muscle strain and then... Last week it progressed some, and so rather than wait, we're going to have go ahead and have that done right away. Um, and I don't have a time frame. I didn't see his PR announcement, um, but that's where we're at with it. That's where we're at with it. So now you're down a kicker. He's having surgery. Thomas not there. He's tweeting stuff, mad at you. You don't want to comment about it because you have you don't want to have a press conference based on social media. So it's a you just bull. That's what I'm talking about. It just has a feeling of drama, you know. It just does. <clears throat> it's just it's, you know on a couple different fronts. And so you know, we'll see how it plays out. Now you're a long time from actually playing games that mean anything, but you're not a long time to actually go play some games. Okay, and. The preseason will start for the Saints this weekend in Baltimore. The thing that I would say is, and I know that he's older now, but on a team that is potentially going to be led by Jameis Winston, the last thing you really want or need as a Saints fan is any other drama going on around him. That's just all I'm saying about that. You get the, you get what I'm saying. It's one of those pull them up or pull them down things. It's going to pull him down for sure. Okay, and real quick, Fletcher. I almost said Fletcher again. Fletcher, back to your thing. You said, am I wrong, or does this state team not have any real weaknesses? He followed it up, and he said, I was thinking more position groups. Like, for example, the O-line is going to be 
bad this year? Is there a weak position group or one that looks subpar? No. Mm-mm. When you say, you know, weak, um, you know, they've got a lot of they've they've got to be a lot better on the offensive line in terms of consistency. And they've moved some people around, but this is the first time coming into a year that this team and this staff together have had a full offseason to figure that out. Had a spring, had a summer. They didn't really have time. Last year on the offensive line, it's like you start practice. The first time we saw each other was August the 6th, and we're going to plug and play because we got to go play LSU. You know, so, and so what have you seen? This staff comes in, they have a full year of evaluation. And they've moved some people around. He got a new center, Sharps over to center. Smith goes to guard. He's better suited. He was playing center last year. They didn't have time to figure out what he was better suited to last year. We got to get him ready to play. Two weeks of warming up, two weeks of game plan, and boom, we're playing a ball game. So I just think uh, you know they have to be better. I think they will be. But you know, if you were to look, okay, and go unproven or unknown, that might be it. Offensive line group as a whole, are they going to make that next step? I just don't have any doubts in my mind about what they have at like running back, at certainly inside receiver. I don't have any doubts there. I don't have any doubts whatsoever what they have at corner. Uh, certainly up front, but you know, and they're too deep, has experience, which is more than a lot of teams will have at corner. I don't have any doubt of what they have at linebacker. Um, So, you know, does that mean, oh, Matt, you're saying that they're going to go out and be as good as Alabama? No. That ain't what I'm saying. Because talent plays into it, too, but experience is there, which is more than you could say going into last year for sure. All right. That's hour one. Hour two coming up. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Hey, all right, let's go. Hour number two of the show, off and running with you here on this Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Hit them up, favorites.com. Local agents available for you in all 82 counties. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out, cspire.com. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. Comment on the live stream or call or text. You can text me on the country, please, and text line 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. Love to hear your voice today. Give me a shout. We're getting closer to football. You're going to have NFL preseason games this weekend. Uh, You do have, you know, I don't know if there are multiple games this weekend. As I understand, I know there's one game scheduled for this weekend between MRA and Greenville Christian Academy, right? Uh, I guess that's one of those things I should probably have looked up to to see if there are others going on. There may be some other ones going on. Um, But I know that was supposed to, or at least was on the schedule last I heard from someone, that was supposed to happen when uh, 
this this weekend. It'll be this Friday. This Friday night. It's on the radio schedule, isn't it, Bill? Yes, it is. We'll be carrying that game. So it better be happening. <laughs> right? It better happen. Yeah, let's see here. Okay, so there are some other games that I see scheduled here on this uh, particular website I'm looking at here that has pre-roll ads that play whether you want them to or not. It's always not fun. Don't ever design it. Listen, y'all, all you coders and all you website designers, web engineers, listen, don't ever put websites out here with videos that play when people don't, whether they click them or not. Nobody wants that. Everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. Don't do it. Okay, here we go. Friday night this week, Greenville Christian at MRA. Now, it's, Bill, it says 7 p.m. kick. Are we talking? Is that what you have, a 7 central kick? Yeah, 7 central kick. We start our pregame at 6.30. Okay. With Ross Haley, live on the radio. The Ross man. The Ross man. Okay, you're going to have a Mitt School Center at Columbia Academy, also at 7, th- uh, Friday night. You'll have Canton Academy at Silva Bay Academy Friday night at 7. And then Presbyterian Christian at Lamar, 7 o'clock. And then a 7.30 kick with Riverdale Academy hosting Varsity. Wait a minute. What is that? It says Varsity opponent. Maybe we don't know who they're playing yet. Okay, and they just put in their Varsity opponent (laughs) on this website. I was trying to read it. But you got at least four games, maybe five, you find somebody to play. Okay, so you're going to have real live, meaningful high school football this weekend. You'll have the NFL preseason stuff that'll basically outside of, well, 30 teams out of the 32 will start in NFL preseason stuff this weekend. And so we're getting closer and closer, right? And then you have the next week, you know, high school jump off and then we'll be, uh, we'll be on our way. But I, I will agree. Somebody brought this up a couple of days ago in conversation. And I do agree with it. For the college football fan, this is the part of the year that seems to drag on slower than any other time of year. <laughs> the last, oh, 20 to 25 days leading up to the first game just seems to take forever. And, and I get it. It's because we spend so much time previewing. Um, but I'm excited. It's you know, basically upon us. It's just right around the corner. Like the monkey who sat his tail on a railroad track. It won't be long now. Uh, and we were talking Saints earlier. You got a little drama going on. What does he say here? Is this about the Saints? What does he say? Suspensions for PEDs, injuries, and injuries. I'm going to Metairie to have my open tryout. I weigh 165 pounds, run a 5.540. Can't throw, can barely catch. I think I have a good chance of making the roster. Sign Louvier with the words, Go Saints. I like it. <clears throat> I like it. Okay, uh, Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Chris, let's give it a shot with Chris. What's up, Chris? How are you doing today, Matt? I'm great. Thank you. Man, oh man, oh man. Drew Brees leaves, and now we have As the World Turns going on around down there in Oof. New Orleans. I mean, and you know, 
here's the thing about it, Chris. This is the latest, greatest example of if you, if there's anything going on that's uncomfortable, don't take it to Twitter. Just don't take it to Twitter. You know, like Michael Thomas, Saints, don't take it to Twitter. Keep it off Twitter, if at all possible. That's the latest example. Well, of I mean, does this not? Does this not? I'm not a Saints fan by no means. I am a diehard Cowboy fan. Everybody knows that. But does this not show the leadership that Drew Brees had for the last what? How long has he been there? Ten, fifteen years. Yeah, he's been there a long time. To I, just keep all these people from acting crazy. It's like, what's going on, Sean Payton? You're supposed to be a great coach, and you can't even keep the divas in the that gum inside the building and not acting crazy. <clears throat> yeah. And, I mean, does this not show, like, okay, so, you know, I'm a big Mississippi State fan, too, so I want Osiris Mitchell to make it, but I have a I have a confidence that he may make the practice squad for a year or two, and let's, we'll see how it goes from there. But, I mean, like, Receivers like Cedric Wilson and some people like that, you know, they just come to work and do their job. I mean, mm. when is the NFL going to stop putting up with these divas? <laughs> yeah, the last few examples we have seem to be receivers. And, of course, Antonio Brown, the latest example. But then, you know, he seems to have straightened up and landed on his feet in in Tampa. But, you know, the, the curious thing about that is you got a quarterback in Tampa who seems to be that you know, the the guy, and, and everybody didn't want to mess with him, you know, because they know what they have. Right. And, and so that's kind of what you're touching on. Maybe, I don't know, I wasn't in the Saints locker room. Maybe that's what they had with Drew Brees. But, you're, I mean, you're right. It, it could be purely coincidental, but it's hard to think of it that way. The moment Drew Brees walks out of there, then all this stuff starts to bubble up a little bit. Well, see, that's like, okay, so here. Here's a prime example. How come more NFL players and NFL wide receivers can't be like Amari Cooper? I know. Yeah. I love Amari Cooper being on Dallas because he just shuts up and does his job. He's not out here trying to gain a bunch of stuff and this, that, and the other. He just shuts up and does his job. And, I mean, how come more of them can't be like that? Yeah. And, I mean, I just that, – that, that, that hurts me to no end. I mean – Anyway, y'all have a great day. Yeah, and the Saints, like I told Chris Brooks, the Saints are gonna the Saints are gonna be awful this year. <laughs> That's all it is to it. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the call. Well, I mean, Olivier did say he was going in there to try out. One hundred sixty-five pounds runs a five-five. <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, Olivier, your age running a five-five—that's not bad at all. <laughs> really, I wonder if I can go forty yards. Hog Jowl with an excellent point. He says, Matt, hope springs eternal on every team. And yes, everyone can benefit from a spring practice and summer conditioning. He said, all of us have positive feelings. Arkansas is returning 23 seniors, 11 being super seniors, and basically the entire starting defense and nine on offense. He says, I'm just trying to say, I think everyone will be better. Hey, on that note, Hogjow, the idea everyone would be better for the next four years, okay, but particularly this year and next, 
is something you've never had in college football. And, and that is a level of experience of older guys on every team in all of college football. Now, you can say it's relative. Okay, normally it's eight. You know, everybody has 18 to 22 or whatever it is, you know. Well, now it's going to be 18 to 23-year-olds. You know, it's good. But everybody's – but what I'm saying is the, the the maturity, the age thing, the way that injects competition into every team to try to get playing time, the the way you know, older guys go through conditioning and stuff, usually better than the younger ones, all this stuff. Well, you're right. So because of the COVID thing, the extra year of eligibility and transfer stuff, teams are able to, I think just rosters across the board are going to be a little bit better. And, and, and everybody is a little better. Everybody's a little older because of it. But it's really going to go on for the next four years until it writes itself again after giving everybody a free year last year, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's true. Hope springs eternal for everyone. But I will say this. <clears throat> you know, again, Arkansas is a, is a lot like – Arkansas is a lot like Ole Miss in, in, in a couple of ways that they went through a coaching change that butted up against, led right into the COVID year when everybody went home, you didn't get to finish out spring, the summer weight and conditioning stuff was totally up to the players on their own, and when you did get back to the fall, it's new staff with with new team trying to figure it out to get ready to play the first games, and you didn't have the run-up. And they are in the same boat in that it was first-year coaches, sure, first-year staff, first-year coordinators. Yeah. But one thing about it, at neither place was it a total philosophical change on on the offensive side of the ball. You know, when you talk about a, a guy like uh, Kendall Bryles coming in there to run your offense, and, and again, I will say for, for Pittman at Arkansas, one of the best things he ever did is, is who he hired. You get Bryles running your offense, you go out and you get a guy like Barry Odom running your defense. I mean, it's just a those are fantastic hires, and it kind of showed up a little bit early. But still, Hogjow, what I would point to is, right, on, by the same token that you're saying, well, everybody's getting the summer, everybody's getting the spring, and Arkansas has got all these guys back. Well, they do. They get all these guys back from a team that won three ball games last year. You know, it, so I mean, you're in – people inject <laughs> – you know, reality into every other team. I'm injecting some reality into the situation in Arkansas. You get all those seniors back, all those people back, but it's all it's people back from a team that won three ball games last year. And you'll play a different quarterback who, yeah, he's talented, but it's all going to be on his shoulders for the whole year for the first time. And that is a great separator, believe me, of it's easy to be a backup. It's easy to come in. It's a whole different deal when it's your offense on your shoulders every single week. And people go, well, it's offense, you know, it's quarterback versus defense. No, it's quarterback versus defensive coordinator. 
And that guy is 45 years old getting paid $2 million to figure me out and break my film down before I play him. And I'm 19 years old out here, and I'm the one that's got to make this thing go. It's just a whole different deal. And so, you know, I just think they got a great chance to be good because of, you know, some continuity finally. <laughs> but when Arkansas made the change, when Ole Miss made the change and bring in an offensive coach, it's not like what they brought in offensively was all that different than what they had been doing schematically and recruiting to schematically. It was sort of the modern spread, right? We're going to spread the field. We're going to do a little RPO. we got players who are recruiting to that. We may run a little zone read in here. I mean, it's kind of modern spreads. They were recruiting to it. It's just a different guy's going to run it. State, people forget. State's situation was, yeah, they went coaching change. Sure. But they also went total philosophical change. I mean, you can't go, well, even in a one-year period, Okay, from Moorhead and that offensive unit and philosophy compared to what Leach is coming, even that is a total change. But when we look at across from two years, because look, let's be honest, Moorhead didn't really get a whole lot done. He's here and gone. So you got a football team that was recruited by Dan Mullen. Mike Leach walks into a football team totally and utterly recruited by Dan Mullen. It's a total flip-flop. It's a total 180 from what the football team was recruited to to what Mike Leach does <laughs> on offense. And, and, and then we're going to make that change with this group of players. We're going to make that philosophy flip a total 180 without spring and without summer. I'm just saying. It's not an excuse. I'm not making an excuse for state as compared to other teams. I'm not making an excuse at all because everybody who's involved in it, number one, professionally, making a lot of money. The decision makers, the people hiring, the folks who got hired. There ain't no excuses there. They all knew what they were getting into when they made it. But they didn't know they weren't going to get to have spring practice. All the players are going to go home, and we won't see them again until August, late August, when we're playing a later season because of COVID to go have a team totally recruited to one philosophy to go play with them doing something 180 degrees else. You go, yeah, well, you brought in a quarterback and two receiver or a receiver transfer from Alabama. Sure did. How'd that work out? You didn't have spring training to figure out who would be here and maybe get some guys run off. <laughs> you ran them off like during the season. So back to almost how I started the show, Hogdale, and that is, you know, preseason polls. What in the world are they basing that on? Because you and I, again, you, we can go find a drunk person on the street staggering around who can tell you who's the top five. Okay, that's the easiest thing in the whole College football landscape. Who's the top five? That's easy. But what about the rest of them? And we, we got preseason polls. Okay? That's what we have. Based on what? They don't know. 
and you and I don't know either. David Cutcliffe, about uh, four years ago, I read an interview with David Cutcliffe at Duke, and he says, I really like the college football playoff, but under no circumstances, now that we have a playoff, should we be having preseason polls? The first poll should definitely come out about three weeks into the season. There should be no preseason poll. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, because you have a playoff, they stick theirs out there after five weeks. They're smart. You know, we're going to have a college football playoff poll, and a committee of folks going to do the best job they can with this thing. So what do they do? They wait till week five. Let them play a little bit before we go stick our name beside this list I'm about to make. But, oh, no, the Associated Press and the quote-unquote coaches poll that sports information directors across the country are actually filling out, not coaches, we're going to put that one out on August the 10th. (laughs) I mean, think about how stupid that is. Now, Bill, today is National Be Lazy Day. I don't know if, for some people, they don't need to be told that. Yeah, I just woke up. <laughs> but today is National Be Lazy Day. So for all of us lazy radio hosts and sports content makers and stuff, sure, give me the preseason poll on August the 10th. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll tweet about it and get all involved in it. Pay attention to it. Well, you know what? Not me. It just ain't for me. For for many of the... um. For many of the the aforementioned reasons, uh, Hogjaw, I don't know if you caught that. I played it earlier, but this was Mike Leach yesterday after practice, and a reporter asked him, "Hey, they picked you last at SEC Media Days to finish last in the SEC West." To Mike Leach, this is they said you picked you last in the SEC West. Do you use that as bulletin board material? Uh, I pretty well ignore it. I mean, I, uh, I I don't ask those guys' opinion on anything else, so I'm probably not going to start with that. <laughs> don't you love that? <laughs> it, it's a it's a different way to phrase it, maybe from what that old saying going around over the years. Uh, don't take advice from anybody that you what don't accept criticism from someone that you, whom you wouldn't accept advice or something like that. Take their advice. Uh, I tried. I tried to get it. Uh, Doggone says, he goes, great. I wasn't that excited about watching Greenville Christian. Of course, I'll still probably watch it because it's football. Oh, okay. That was in response to Doggone thought they were playing somebody else. Bill, you got him straightened out. Yeah. I well, I mean, so the for MRA, it, this week it's Greenville Christian. The following week it's somebody else. Who it is. Yeah, the following week it's uh, Natchez Cathedral. Natchez Cathedral. At Natchez Cathedral, right? Yep. And then at the end of August, Saturday, August 28th, is when they host Oakland, Oakland High School High out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and they'll play it on ESPN2. And then we, the next weekend they go back into more danger of Pulaski Academy in Arkansas. Yeah. Champion. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Lots of comments on the live stream on YouTube, some text messages to get to. I'll I'll get into some of that. Plus, uh, Greg Sankey of the SEC put something out 
regarding vaccinations. I'd like to pass that along to you next, if you don't mind. Later in this hour, we'll hit number 25 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. All of that coming your way if you'll just keep it right here. Stay with me. There's a lot of noise when it comes to 5G. We're 5G ready. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big bird's eye buy this week is bird's eye orange juice. Easy, you can serve it in a minute. Thrifty, it will save you money. Orchard fresh and delicious. Now, if you know your oats and want to feel your oats and taste how good an oat cereal can be, well, you go for Cheerios. Great way to start the day with really great eating. That's Cheerios, one of the few foods made from oats. The tasty cereal grain everyone should have at breakfast. Crisp and golden as only a toasted oat cereal can be. And nourishing? Why, a Cheerios breakfast gives you the power protein that grown-ups need to help stay in trim and youngsters need to grow on. Toasted oat goodness, toasted oat flavor, a delicious power breakfast. That's Cheerios. Let me tell you about an ice cream can't be beat. The very best tasting you can eat. It's meadow, 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 meadow smooth, freeze meadow gold. Go to your ice cream man today and here's the word that you should say. Oh, give me meadow, meadow, meadow smooth, freeze meadow gold. And remember folks, meadow gold is mighty good. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Six o'clock, dinner time. Thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. Yes, thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. The terrific busy day dessert you can make at the very last minute. See how quick and easy. Just add it to cold milk and beat it up. That's all. By the time you're ready to eat it, it's all ready for you. Jell-O Instant Pudding, made by the famous Jell-O folks. So creamy, so nourishing, so delicious. No other Instant Pudding is quite the same. Stock your shelves with all seven flavors. The good, good, busy day dessert. Jell-O Instant Pudding.
Excalibur Sports Talk. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Great for your life right now. On 105.9 The Zone. All right. Back with you rolling along in hour number two here. Having a fun show today on a Tuesday. Welcome in. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. Hey to everybody on the live stream. Oh, y'all. Kyle on YouTube said, Associated Press and Coaches polls are just helmet sticker polls. <laughs> How many of these sports people do do uh, much more than a do much more than a ten thousand foot observation of the other teams, other than the usual suspects such as Bama? Yeah, and Bama's kind of like the five star. It's pretty easy to spot that one. You know, that's pretty easy, <laughs> uh, for sure. Mike gave me a shout out. Thanks, Mike. He said if you guys haven't checked out some of the videos that Matt has been posting on YouTube. They're really good. Y'all check them out, some some film study stuff. And uh, those are about to pick up because actually uh, I'm getting some content from all the schools because everybody's practicing now. Uh, it took everybody, I think Auburn started first and then Alabama, then State. Now Ole Miss is going and they had their media day. Uh, speaking of, coming up in hour three, if you can stick around for that today, I'll let you hear some of the press conference audio from yesterday with both Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. Talked a little bit about, uh, about their teams. Kiffin's first question you'll hear him talk about, this is in hour three, but he mentioned you know, the, the process of getting the whole team vaccinated. Um, with Mike Leach, he talks about quarterbacks, and he got a running back question, and some of that you'll find uh, interesting, I do believe. Uh, hey, speaking of that, the the vaccination stuff. Let me pass this along to you. I really don't think it's something I ought to read every part of it, uh, live on the radio anyway. Uh, you can look it up yourself. Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, he put this out there earlier today in a thread on Twitter. And uh, I guess it had five different parts. And, but it's... You know, he couldn't fit it all in one tweet. So he started with kind of going back to last year, reminding you where everything was preseason last year of when he put out the statement that said, are we going to be able to play? I don't really know. We're going to try to, you know. And, of course, the season started late and those kinds of things. He followed that up in a tweet today. It said, here we are one year later. We've learned to manage through this environment, but we do not have control of the COVID realities around us. COVID rates are at the highest we have seen in months. Hospitalization rates continue to increase, and the Delta variant is real. And then he goes, in preparation for the season ahead, the vaccination rates among SEC teams are well above rates for the general population. Our teams are leading and have asked questions, heard directly from medical experts, and accessed the COVID vaccine throughout the spring and summer. He's talking about, you know, and, and then he points, so you go read it. He's pointing to... You know, every state has different policies. They want individuals to step out here and get the vaccine. He said state policies limit the SEC's ability to establish conference-wide mandates. We need individuals, our fans, to join in accessing the vaccine, reducing COVID-19 spread, limiting the chances for more variants to emerge, and enjoying a full year ahead for the college sports. Anyway, that's from him. You want to read all of it, you can. He is Greg Sankey on Twitter, uh, at Greg Sankey, encouraging fans to individually go get the vaccine. Teams seem to be doing well. Some maybe more 
percentage than others, but teams are doing a pretty good job of it. And that's because, you know, they're, by and large, those kids are going to um, listen to the coaches, right? And if coaches are encouraging it or at least giving them that info, they make educated decisions on it. I did see this. Y'all see this about uh, Lamar Jackson? <laughs> Somehow I, I I missed the the idea that Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Ravens, who, by the way, the Saints play this weekend, the preseason game. But Lamar Jackson got COVID twice. Did y'all know that? It's true. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. When was this? Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Was noncommittal on whether he would get vaccinated after being infected with COVID-19 twice in the past eight months. He said it was a personal decision. After Monday's practice, every yesterday, Lamar Jackson said, I just got off the COVID list. <laughs> and uh, does it mean he's thinking about getting vaccinated? He said, we'll see. Talking to doctors, uh, we'll see. He said he did experience some symptoms, nothing bad. He was tired. I was... Just like last time, probably, like, you know, fatigue. If anything, I was sleeping a lot. But I'm glad to be back. Like, 10 days being off, I ain't like it at all. So I'm just happy to see you guys, you know, see my teammates, see the fans. I'm just glad to be back. It's over with. Got, got it the first time and tested positive again. What was your reaction when you heard about the positive What the f***? Like, you know, <laughs> again? Like, it was crazy. You know, I was... I was heartbroken because I wasn't looking forward to that at all. You know, right before camp, it was like, not again. Like, not right now, you know. But it's over with. It's over with. So he got it twice, and he's not sure if he'll get vaccinated. Lamar, have the Ravens talked to you about getting vaccinated? Or are you worried about getting it for a third time? I mean, you know, I, I just got off the COVID list. You know, I, you know, I got to talk to my team doctors and, you know, try to, See how they feel about it, you know. Um, keep learning as much as I can about it, and we'll go from there. So you might, you might go for it. We'll see. We'll see. Talking to the doctors. We'll see. And people are just afraid of the vaccine. That's all there is to it. Well, some aren't. They get it. Some don't want it. It's not that they're afraid of it. They just don't want to get it for other reasons. And then some are afraid. It's just you know, to each his own, I guess. If you don't get it, you may get it twice. He, he, I mean, you're talking about Lamar Jackson test positive twice. Uh, I missed the first time. Um, didn't realize he had it the first time. Now I realize he's gotten it twice. Hey, that's right. That's right. Louvier, I hope you're listening. Boomer Sooner on the Country Pleasing text line at 885-ESPN-601 number. 885-ESPN says... Louvier doing a 5-5 in the 40 might be somewhat of an embellishment. Louvier said earlier that he's 165 pounds and runs a 5-5 in a 40, and I just wonder if he could. I think 5-5 is a little moving a little better than some of us old folks realize or remember. <laughs> just because you ran a 4-8 in high school does not mean that in your 50s you're going to step out here and run a 5-8. Let me tell you, you may be surprised. 
See, because back then you could run full go, whether it was fast or slow, you could run full out for 40 yards without hurting yourself. Some of y'all think you could do that now. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm being honest. Ready, Teddy, uh, relishing the fact that it is National Lazy Day, which it is. He says, I'm not scared of work. I'll lay down right beside it. <laughs> That's a good one. <clears throat> Rebel John says, do you think Mike Leach's offense can really make it in the SEC with no run game? Uh, yeah. Um, I would tell you this, Rebel John. There are a lot of descriptors that get thrown around for Mike's offense. Uh, I say Mike's, Coach Leach's offense, and for what it is. There are a lot of descriptors that get thrown around, including, you know, what you used. You said, uh, can it work in the SEC with no run game? Well, you might be surprised to learn, you know, that he's never had offenses that had, quote unquote, no run game. And then you go, Oh, okay, well, a very low percentage of run game. Well, that's true. The way the run game is tracked, it's a handoff. It doesn't involve the ball in the air. I've handed the ball to the running back. <laughs> right? That's a run play. And what he, and he's actually explained this in the past. It's a different way of looking at it. He said he does not see, quote-unquote, balance as we throw one pass in the air from my hand to another guy, and then and then another play is I hand it to a guy without throwing it to him. That's balance. Now, honestly, I mean sh- seriously. Now let's let's go a little deep. Let's break it down. You tell me, is that being balanced? One play, I go, and the ball's in the air, and it's caught by another player, and then the next play. I don't put the ball in the air. I hand it to the other player. Is that balance? See, you may define it that way. He said he defines balance as everybody, all the skilled players touch the football. You have what? What do you have on the field? Right? You have five linemen, five skilled players, and then a quarterback. And he's obviously a skilled player, but I'm, I'm using it for emphasis. Because he's going to catch the snap. Five linemen, one guy catching the snap, and five others. Well, his definition of balance is the defense has to defend every single one of us. All five potential receivers and me, the quarterback. they got to defend all of us. Do I put as much pressure on you then? If that's my definition of balance, which is a pretty good definition if you think about it, Rebel John. Balance. Is it harder on you as a middle linebacker to run if you're in man-to-man and your responsibility is the running back standing beside me? If he swings out here to the left and I throw him a screen pass eight times in this game, Is it harder for you as the Mike linebacker to defend him one-on-one, or is it harder if I just turn and hand him the ball standing right beside me? (laughs) 
I'm just asking you some questions. Yeah, no, I. here's what I honestly think. They will have to have an effective running game that threatens a defense to really get going. Every Mike Leach offense has always had that. And I can prove it. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Jeans do come true. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit just for my listeners. Enter discount code Matt Wyatt. Just answer the questions. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Answer the questions. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent or visit us online. Go with the home team. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with a slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right. There's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. And they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Got it at C Spire. Went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out. Okay. And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. C Spire, customer inspired After these messages, we'll be right back. every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun soil and rain and farmers in north mississippi also rely on another important partner mississippi land bank because land and farm financing are mississippi land bank's primary focus we've grown alongside these farmers crops for more than 100 years we understand what a farmer needs and we know the lay of the land in north mississippi and that's where I stand. A lot of people in the equipment world, you know, things kind of go in trends, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so kind of the first big thing uh, that we look at when we start evaluating our business is going to be our turf equipment. That's kind of the first big push because once the, you know, once everything, the water dries up and the grass starts growing, 
This is what everybody's looking to get. Uh, we carry the new right stand-up mower. Doesn't look like much, but this thing is, and it costs just as much as zero turn. Not a cheap unit at all. I mean, if you go out there and look at that zero turn, this thing right here, I mean, it's got all your components from your big pumps to your commercial engine to your large steel deck. Um, and these guys were the first ones to make the standard mower. Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big bird's eye buy this week is bird's eye orange juice. Easy, you can serve it in a minute. Thrifty. It's banana pudding. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at thezone1059.com. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Zone. Back with you. Rolling along here in hour number two of the show. What's happening? Keith gave us a hello over here on the Facebook feed from Hernando, Mississippi. Uh, David, what did he say here? He said the Kool-Aid is strong. David said, hey, the Kool-Aid is strong this year. And then he said, state is loaded. People don't see it because they don't have all five and four stars. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious or, or, um, or what. That's like tongue in cheek. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like serious or sarcastic. Sven told David earlier. He said state ain't going to win nine games this year. Yeah, and nine seems like it would be a lot. You know, year two of the progression and considering your schedule. Uh, I was talking about that too. I think states, you know, they've got a winnable. Non-conference for for state's team, it's a winnable non-conference, but it's not a given at all. You know, they're going to go leap, they're going to go La Tech week one, and they should beat La Tech. Um, but it's a competitive team that always have kids on it with chips on their shoulders, and they go play in an SEC stadium. You have to really play, and then NC State comes in there in week two, and you know what they win? What did NC State win last year? Eight games, nine games, and their coach has been there a long time, kind of established program. They, they produce NFL players, and that's going to be a tough non-conference. And then you play Memphis at Memphis, and Memphis can beat you. There's no question uh, because they have a good program, and they play fast, and they're, they're hard to defend. So, But those are winnable games for State, too, if they play well. And if you win those, you kind of set yourself up to maybe go have a good year. Uh, you know, you drop one in the non-conference somewhere. It's kind of a shot to your confidence and sets you back, and you're scratching, clawing to, you know, to – Keep your nose above water, frankly, in the season. And that maybe that's where they are in year two. We'll see. But, you know, um, I, I still think, certainly from a personnel standpoint, and we'll see it when draft time rolls around, but State's got some good players. Um, they probably have a few better players on defense than a lot of people do realize, uh, for sure. For sure on that side of the ball. They may actually be a, better as a unit on defense than than most people realize, honestly. Um. Yeah. So, y'all, thank you for your text on that subject. Uh, a few. Speaking of text, real quick before we jump into the countdown of 100 teams. Yeah, somebody texted us and said Greenville Christian is Greenville High. Basically, they picked up all their players last year because of COVID. They are loaded, and they they what? They won the football and the basketball last year, right? At uh, Greenville Christian. So they've got players. There ain't no question. No question. Joe Mailman says he can't uh, participate in National Lazy Day because he's working. <laughs> Jason in Flagstaff said, um, 
I tweeted the other day tagging Sankey about what he said last year and said it's a shame we're in almost the same spot. Um, are we almost in the same spot that we were last year, Jason? I haven't been following it that closely, honestly. Uh, Louvier is telling us that he can run a 5-5-40. He says he runs a 5K in less than 30 minutes. Well, but what I'm saying, Louvier, the distance thing, does that translate into sprinting all out for 40 yards? Because if you don't sprint all out for that full 40 yards, you're not getting anywhere close to a 5-5. And some of us that are older, even if we can sprint all out for 40 yards, it's still not going to be 5-5. That's all I'm saying. I say, Louvier, go find somebody with a stopwatch to give you an honest time and sprint 40 yards and make sure you're loose. And I have a lot of respect for people who run 5Ks and 10Ks and marathons and all because you got to want to do it and you got to train and all that. But it's different than sprinting all out for 40 yards. That's totally different, in my opinion. Tony Joe said, like Sir Charles Barkley said, the older he gets, the faster he was. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Squirrel texted and said, ran a, an eight flat 40 against Doug Colson for a charity event at age 60 a few years ago. He said, I blew Doug's leg out. He had to go to the emergency room. True story. That is, <laughs> bless his heart, man. Bless his heart. Hey, and look, let us all wish that when we get to 60, we could run an eight flat 40. That's it. You finished it. Some of us wouldn't finish. Ready, Teddy runs a 4-5 right now. Dot, dot, dot. In the 20. Res Dog says, I'm 43 and can still run a 4-7-40. Res Dog, no, you can't. Not on an actual laser. Not on somebody giving you an honest time. Res Dog, Run and tell. At 43, you're not running a 4740. I think I can prove it. All right. <laughs> hey, Res Dog, video or it ain't true. And don't give me none of this. Give me a real time. Get the local coach to do it. And I'll eat my words right here. And send you some free coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. How about that? Okay. Bill, it's time. It's the final countdown. 100 teams. 100 days. The countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. And we are at day number 25. So we are at team number 25. 25 days from Saturday, September the 4th. Team number 25 is from the Pac-12, and they are... The Washington Huskies, whose fight song is Bow Down to Washington. Sing along. Bow down to Washington. All right, so uh, head coach at Washington is Jimmy Lake. Took over for Chris Peterson last year. This will be his second year as the head coach of the Huskies. They played four games in that Pac-12 schedule last year and won three of them. 
and return 10 starters on offense. Look, this is a really good program at Washington, and they have good players. Uh, briefly, so they beat Oregon State, Arizona, and Utah last year and then lost to Stanford in the last game they played. That was a 31-26 loss. Um, they returned Dylan Morris, their quarterback, pretty effective. He went 61% last year. Didn't throw for a ton of yards. They ran the ball pretty well, but spread it around. They get um, their top receiver back, their three top rushers and quarterbacks who played for them are all back. They're gonna st- Washington is going to start the season on September the 4th uh, in 25 days, hosting Montana, and then in week two, It'll be a battle of some of the best-looking uniforms in all of college football now and historically in Week 2 when Washington goes to Michigan on September the 11th. My opinion, especially the uh, 80s, 90s Washington uniforms, that purple and gold, I think Washington has, for the most part, had the best-looking college uniforms out there, even better than LSU in some of them. I've always thought they were the best. That's just one man's opinion, though. That's all it is, opinions. That's all it is. Facts, though. Let's go to some facts about Washington. Like famous alums from the University of Washington. What do you have, Bill? Well, I have Joel McHale. Yes. Yes, he's a comedian and game show host now. Yeah, and he was on that show Community. Community, yes. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin, you might remember him back in the old days, Twin Peaks, he was on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rain Wilson. We all know what Rain Wilson does. That's right. Yeah, the office. Uh, Anna Ferris. You know who that is? Right? No. She's, yeah, she was. She was in the uh, the uh, Playboy Bunny at, oh. uh, at the co- went to college, and then she's on a show called uh, Mom or something like okay. that. Okay. I think hmm. just ended. Hmm. Uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> he went to school there. I did not realize uh, he went to Washington. <laughs> yeah. Gene Smart from Designing Women went to school there. Patrick Duffy, Bobby, okay. but not that Bobby, not Bobby. Uh, Bob, he was Bobby in Dallas, Patrick Duffy. Yeah. And our sweet lady from Gilligan's Island, Don Wells, went to school there. Don Wells. Yeah. Marianne. Marianne. Everybody had a crush on Marianne. Heck with that movie star. Yeah. Uh, Warren Moon went to school there. Mm-hmm. Through the prettiest ball you've ever seen. Nobody mm-hmm. threw a tighter spiral. Every yep. time more consistently than Warren Moon did. And we have uh, Hope Solo from soccer. Ken Jennings, the uh, Jeopardy guy. Yeah. Diane Cannon, who's an actress. She went to school there. Richard Karn from Home Improvement. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, Al. Yeah. <laughs> went to Washington. That's great. Yeah. He went to Washington. Robert Osborne from TMC fame. You know, he used to introduce all the movies on there. He passed away just a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt. You might not know who that is. He's an actor. He was l- lately in the Walking Dead show. He just got killed off a couple seasons ago. He's in Burn Notice also. Uh, Jacob Eason of the Colts. Mm-hmm. Kevin King of Green Bay. Jack Jake Lamb of the Diamondbacks. Uh, Terrence Ross of the Magic. John Ross uh, of the Bengals. And Miles Gaskin of the Dolphins. And then one famous person you might remember here. Kenny G. Oh, come on. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> Kenny G. Is a husky. He was a husky, yeah. That's great. Lots of curly hair there, buddy. Hey, hey that rascal had some hair. Oh, man. No kidding. That's great. 
Good stuff. I enjoyed that. Well, that'll wrap it up for hour number two. And in hour three, some more texts to get to. We're going to hear what Leach and Kiffin both said after practice yesterday, so I hope you'll stick around. If you can't and you leave us, have a great night. Otherwise, stay with me. Hey, casserole. Let's have a little casserole hour. Why don't we welcome in hour number three of the show off and running with you in the bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. <laughs> they are your home team. Go. There it is. Go. Go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. Check them out, favorites.com. Hour three presented by Overstreet Properties. Anything residential, place to live permanently, place to stay temporarily. Anything residential in and around Starkville, that's where you go. See my friend Kane Overstreet. Get his contact info at overstreetproperties.com. We had team number 25 in the countdown of 100 teams. That was Washington, the Huskies. Uh, One of their alums, Jacob Eason, has a chance to win the starting quarterback job for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I haven't checked up on it in about a week or so. Seems like, did I see that Sam Ellinger... Is getting a shot, or am I? Is that the right name? <laughs> it's terrible. All I know is that there for a little bit after the injury to Carson Wentz, they made it sound as if Jacob Eason, who they drafted, by the way, out of Washington, might get a shot to earn that quarterback job. And hey, look, um, maybe he will. You know, Georgia transfer. I remember when Eason first went to Georgia, and you talk about big arm talent. There was a Georgia-Tennessee game in Athens that year that was super entertaining. Some of y'all will remember what year I'm talking about. In fact, we've got a Georgia fan who's on the live stream right now on YouTube, Blind Squirrel Sports. He's hoping Jacob Eason has an awesome uh, career. Uh, Sven's telling me that it is those two, Eason and Ellinger, that seem to be the options for them. And, you know, y'all may remember, what year was it? Because it was Josh Dobbs, a quarterback for Tennessee, Jacob Eason, the quarterback for Georgia. I just remember being an incredibly entertaining game, and both quarterbacks made some big throws and amazing plays. But as a young guy, before he transferred to Washington, Eason made a throw or two in that game that you were like, oh, oh my goodness. (laughs) No, he didn't. Across the field, and you're like, good Lord, look at this guy throw the ball. Next thing you know, what? Um, He got hurt. Uh, Jake Fromm took over. You couldn't get him off the field. Eason uh, winds up at Washington, played well, super big, tall, lanky prospect, played well, gets himself drafted, and is absolutely one of those guys and one of those stories that because his college career was a little bumpy in those regards, that you wouldn't be surprised for him to be sort of like 
underdrafted, but drafted, and then boom, injury to the starter. He wins the job. He could be a – I don't know anything about him other than just talent, but he could be a story like a Dak Prescott. He really could. So the drafted, you know, maybe undervalued, goes, boom, injury to the starter. I'm in the mix, win the job, and then you're there to stay. He could absolutely be one of those, but sounds like he's got a competition on his hands with, uh, with Ellinger. Sounds like it anyway. A couple things that I'm coming to the phone here as we start the casserole hour also. In hour two, some stuff about running a 40-yard dash came up. Y'all, it's always so entertaining. <laughs> and I love this stuff. Because we all, <laughs> a bunch of old guys. That's what most of us are, not all of us. And I can't see all of y'all. But let's just be honest, most of us. That's what we are, old folks. <laughs> And we're still talking about what we could or couldn't do in the 40. I'm just saying that I can't remember the last time I took off running and sprinted all out for 40 yards. I have a back that simply will not allow me to do explosive movements anymore. You ought to see me and hear me in the mornings when I get up. I spend an hour as I'm I make. Like, I get up really early, and one of the things I do is I, I make breakfast for myself before anybody gets up. And why, my routine is, while all that stuff's cooking, I spend about a good hour in there loosening up, stretching, trying to get some flexibility where I can walk around during the day without it looking like Fred Sanford walking around through here. Okay? I can't remember the last time I ran all out for 40 yards. <laughs> and I know what I could do. I could break a hip. You can break something. Well, look, it's just like Squirrel says. Squirrel texted and said for a charity event, he raced Doug Colson. Another Doug had to go to the hospital. And Doug winds up in a hospital, literally in the emergency room. You know, Rich Eisen does that 40 every year for charity. Yeah, what are his times? It's in the sixes and sevens, isn't it? He does pretty good, but I mean, still is an older guy. See, it all started because Louvier who runs a 5K in less than 30 minutes, says he can run a 5-5-40. I'm saying that 5.5, even in the 40-yard dash, is a lot faster than most of y'all realize. Y'all been watching the combine thinking it's slow. It ain't that slow. In reality, compared to the most of the world, these are NFL prospects. It's slow for them. The rest of us aren't NFL prospects. <laughs> Nine out of ten of y'all. Above the age of 30, I said it, 9 of 10 of y'all above the age of 30 couldn't get anywhere near 5.5 in a 40-yard dash. Said it. Mean it. And we had Res Dog texting here that he's 43 years old and can run a 4.7. No, he can't. Not on a real time. Ain't happening. Nope. So anyway, there were a few comments about this. Uh, and then I'm coming, just hang by. All right. Br- um, Jeremy texted and said, speaking of 40 times back in the day at Ware High School, we didn't worry so much about what 40 times kids from other teams ran. Our philosophy was it's hard to run a 4-4 when you're laying on your back. Now that's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> Derek 
Uh, he didn't talk about the 40 time. He was talking about Leach's offense. And Derek, thanks for your text. He said he definitely has to have a run game, but he thinks he'll do it and adapt. Fletcher said, Matt, don't make that 40 bet with Herschel Walker. It's Herschel Walker we're talking about. He's one in a million. He's the one. We're the million. Pookie said he could uh, go 20 seconds in a 40. Yeah, maybe. Kyle says, I'm 24 and probably can't do a 5-5. And my man Scott, who was a Division I athlete, said, we need to have a Matt Wyatt challenge on a 40-yard dash. He says, I'm all in. He says, I've got a four. He had a 40-yard dash story to tell me. He was a volunteer coach for Canton Academy, Pee Wee football. He was trying to get players uh, to do a correct pursuit drill and ended up being the runner. He said, I tore both hamstrings, and it seemed like 4-9 speed. <laughs> Did you seriously tear both hamstrings trying to coach Pee Wee football, Scott? And this is a not that long ago, y'all, Division One Southeastern Conference defensive lineman, okay? <laughs> I ain't no telling what I would tear if I tried to sprint all out for 40 yards. All right, jumping over to the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Brandon on line one. Thanks for being patient, Brandon. What's up? Hey, Matt. No problem, brother. Love y'all. Hey, I wanted to mention real quick, and I'll listen off air, but um, earlier during the day, I think uh, somebody, Jake or Chris or somebody wasn't on, and ESPN was on, and I'm an Ole Miss fan, but I'm a huge Dak fan. Um, not a Cowboys fan, but I love what he stands for, and he's got a great head on his shoulders. But um, they were saying from several reputable sources, and they even played a clip from Michael Irvin talking about um, how awful Dak looked in practice and hmm. that he's nowhere near ready. And McCarthy and Jerry Jones are like, oh, he's He's good to go or whatever, but I just wanted to get your input on that. Uh, hmm. Michael Irvin said he was throwing, you know, four and five and six yard passes. He's not even close to throwing 40 and 50. Uh, and that, that's just from people saying reputable sources. Hey, but is I, that I today? Your, was that today that you heard that? That was today. That was uh, about two or three hours ago. Okay, that yeah. makes sense because while we were on the air here, Brandon, I, I was wondering because I – I saw a tweet or something here in my timeline. I was going to try to find it, but I haven't yet. But anyway, it said, you know, here's a video, and Dak Prescott threw passes in front of, you know, fans and media for like 20 minutes or, or 20 throws or something, and I was going to click it. I never did. And I'm wondering, I mean, you know, it, what you're saying that they said, Brandon, would make sense on two fronts for me, okay, which is, number one, what I – sort of insinuated yesterday and at the end of last week. And in between, when you well, last Thursday night when you had the Hall of Fame game and Dak wasn't there, and you heard Troy Aikman say, well, the Cowboys are really downplaying it. But to me, it seems pretty concerning when your franchise quarterback um, goes that amount of time without throwing a football. Okay, well, that's how I felt about it. I mentioned it at the end of last week. Are you not? You know, if you're a Dak fan, but certainly if you're a Cowboys fan, you're not a little bit concerned with this because this is unusual. Well, very. 
and they're downplaying it big time in the Cowboys' camp. But Irvin, Michael Irvin said, look, I, I watched him for two days. He is not ready to throw a 30-yard 30, 30 pass. He's well, just not even close. To I mean, ready. and it's August. The, the thing that – it'd be one thing if it were July the 10th, but it's August the 10th, and that's what worries me about it uh, for him right. is – and they have no backups. I don't even know who no. their backups are. Well, they've got they Garrett Gilbert. They've got Garrett Gilbert out there, the former Texas quarterback. And you know, um, maybe they can get him going, but he's not Dak. And I'm like you, Brandon. I'll be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> from where he is right now, thinking, okay, he's going to be a hundred percent opening week for that first ball game. No way. I just no don't. Way. I don't see it either. I will tell you this too. But for him, I want him to be. But but Matt, I just just hearing Michael Irvin on that podcast, and and Michael would tell you the truth. He would be like, "Look, he looks great." You know, yeah, you know, that's right. The cowboy. He said, "Man, this this guy is not ready." Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's like, he's throwing five and six yard passes. And, you know, nothing downfield. So I'd rather see him. You know miss the first three or four games and get legit and and uh instead of you know hey re, because re, let's uh, be honest let's be honest brandon they're not going to tampa and winning that ball game anyway no no not even close so you know especially with a with a 40 percent that they're mm-hmm. not going to win that that game i don't think so and i don't know if they would do it with a hundred percent that yeah you know what i'm saying i mean that's it and you know, TV would would hate it if he's not there. But if I'm, hey, I, I swear, I'm, if I'm Jerry Jones or I'm McCarthy, I'm looking at this going, you know what? Week one is not our destination. We're looking at week two. No. And no. here's the other thing about it. Okay, I was going to pass this along. So, and you've probably heard this. I heard a guy explain it really well who had a sports medicine background, and it's an injury to a muscle that comes up from the lat on your back that reaches up into your armpit. And it's a tear in that armpit that mostly baseball players have, have suffered a lot over the years. It's a baseball type of injury. Because baseball, you're making throws from all these different arm angles and crow hopping, making these big throws, and that's how it gets torn. In football, you're throwing, you almost, you do different arm angles, but you never do that. So Dak was making a throw where he was off balance, had his body turned one way, and he did this weird contortion and was throwing like a Hail Mary pass really high into the air. Like oh, not yeah. straight up, but really high. Something you don't you don't ever do. And that's just an equation for a disaster, right? So there. it tears, and they said every baseball player who's ever had this, they always say, we're shutting him down for two to four weeks. And it's always closer to four weeks. So that tells me it's rare in football. When it happens in baseball, they shut guys down. For the most part, they shut them down for four weeks. That pretty much tells me right there what he's looking at. And so if, boom, we look at four weeks and he's 100%, that's what I – would be surprised by because you go, well, if you shut somebody down for four weeks, that means they start practicing again in week five. Well, just because a guy's right. practicing doesn't mean he's ready to go throw a, a skinny post, you know, no. which is what you're no. saying. You may be saying. looking at eight or nine weeks for him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Well, and hopefully so it's not I'll let that you long. go. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brandon. I, you know, I'm not at all trying to make it into something that's not. And I'm not somebody who really, I'm not a pessimist. I'm usually very much an optimist. And I am with Dak. Very hopeful. Because I'll be honest with you, the last four or five years, some of the most fun I've had watching football is watching Dak play for the Cowboys. Okay, I'm a huge Dak fan. Obvious reasons. And so I want to see him out there. It just makes it fun. It's something to look forward to every weekend, a game to look forward to watching. Around here, because of him, all the local TV affiliates always put the Cowboys on. It's automatic ratings and all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to be realistic, and I'm, I can't make it all add up. You know, you're telling me it's not serious, but it's a tear. They shut baseball players down usually for four weeks. Well, if he's shut down for four weeks, he comes back in week five, but it doesn't mean he's ready to play in week five. You know, that's the things I'm thinking about. Um. I got an unnamed texture here that sent me a tweet. It says, Matt, Ian Rappaport says Dak looks good. It's a tweet with a video. It says, here at Cowboys camp, quarterback Dak Prescott is throwing in front of reporters about 20 passes or so and looking good, a solid step forward. Um, so that's good. You know, hopefully, you know, it is working forward. I, I mean, a step forward where he is working towards the opener. But at the same time, I don't have a – I'm going to watch the game and love every bit of it and pull for the Cowboys and pull for Dak, but I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them going to Tampa and beating them. So it's like if he misses the first one, what's honestly, what's the big deal? But you know he wants to get back and play in that game. So, yeah, in nine weeks – look – you know, you shut somebody down for four weeks and they come back and they're practicing in week five. Maybe they are ready to go by the end of that week. Certainly by week six, they're ready to play. You know, you, if it's healed up, nine weeks is way on out there. That's not something that you really should have to worry about unless they, unless you re-injure it, I would think. Okay. For the casserole hour, B-Dog 2 sent us something here. What are we looking at here? B-Dog 2, what you got? For the casserole hour, have you seen the show Val on Amazon Prime? It's about 80s movie star Val Kilmer. He's had throat cancer and blew his fortune on real estate and divorce. It's boring but interesting if you remember him from Top Gun, Real Genius, Batman, etc. You know what, though, B-Dog 2? Bill, you're familiar, obviously, with Val Kilmer, right? Yes. I don't think of Val Kilmer at all as the character he played in Top Gun or Real Genius or even Batman. I only th- when when you say Val Kilmer, I only think of Tombstone. When he played He also played Jim Morrison. Oh, that's right, he was in the movie about the doors. No, I I only think of Tombstone and Doc Holliday. I'm your Huckleberry. Did you know did you know that Val Kilmer changed that line? The original line was, I'm your huckle bearer, because that was an old term for being like a Paul bearer. Yep. And he, he didn't like huckle bearer, so he changed it to huckleberry. <laughs> I'm your huckleberry. Well, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody walked all over your grave. 
Louvier. The caskets had had buckles. That's they, it. They called a hucklebearer. They called them you know, what? Huckle something? Yeah, it was a hucklebearer, and it, yeah. it had buckles on the side of the casket. Uh huh. That's it. Okay, um, Louvier on line one. What a treat! What's up, Louvier? <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen and ghost saints. Listen, I love the show. I think it's hysterical that I, I throw a text out saying that I'm going to go try out for the Saints. I, I'll be 56 years old in two months, and uh, so you call me out on my embellishment about how slow I am. Well, now I said I didn't 40s. think I did say that I didn't think you could do it, but it was someone else. It. it was someone else who used the word embellishment because I. Okay. That's too big yeah. a word well, for me. Well, the embellishment was that I, I said I weigh 165 pounds. Everybody knows I only weigh 159. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes, I am a little guy, and if there's one thing I can do, it's I almost can run fast. You know? <laughs> and, and my son, uh, I brag on my son all the time. He had a really good high school senior year, and, and uh, he was trying to get recruited, and we went all over the southwest. And, and at Georgia and Tech College Station, and he ran the 40-yard dash everywhere on God's creation. He, he ran a 4.52 and a 4.54 back-to-back, and I knew it was a lot faster than that 4.57 that he ran, and, and yet the blink of an eye, not even the blink of an eye. And can I run fast like him? No, but he he got it honestly. <laughs> Big Charles is a uh, he's a uh, offensive lineman at LSU. Yeah. At LSU now he's at the Washington football team. He weighs three hundred ten pounds. He runs a five one, and I can run with him. Okay. Just saying. Just I saying. Okay. Okay. I uh, I foresee in the future, Louvier, a show. At Divinity Equipment uh-huh. in Madison. Yeah. And we're going to get and, out on the road. I'll blow my calf out like that. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to sign a release, see, before we do all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know lawyers. I know lawyers. I know. Well, unfortunately, I do no, too. <laughs> all right, Olivier, thank you, buddy. <clears throat> Can't you see us doing that? Have a radio show remote at Divinity Equipment in Madison, and we get out on Highway 51 when no cars are coming and you know, time a 40-yard dash. That would be beautiful. We may do it. Stick around. This is Jake Mangum. All After these messages, we'll be right back. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Jeans do come true. Blue Delta Jeans makes the best-fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit just for my listeners. Enter discount code Matt Wyatt. Just answer the questions. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Answer the questions. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. 
but this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent or visit us online. Go with the home team. Hey, y'all, let me tell you a little bit about C Spire. New stuff in 2021, including 5G coverage. If you go to their website right now, cspire.com, you're going to see their no bull, which, by the way, I love the Super Bowl ad with a slow motion bull. You're going to see that on the website. But look, they're right. There's been a lot of bull over the years in your wireless bill, depending on if, you know who you were with. And my experience with C Spire is just like they say, there's no bull. I know what it's going to cost me each month. I know what my coverage is. is the number one coverage in Mississippi, period, the number one network. And they've got 5G phones that are 5G ready. Now, I have the new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Got it at C Spire. Went and did curbside at my local C Spire location and did the exchange where I traded in my old one, got the new one, and it's 5G capable. And we've got 5G coverage in parts of Mississippi, and it's just growing by the day. So you really ought to check that out. Okay. And in terms of the new phones, you got deals going on on those as well. Find those out at cspire.com. C Spire, customer. Inspired. After these messages, we'll be right back. Every farmer understands their farm can't thrive without some good partners like sun, soil, and rain. And farmers in North Mississippi also rely on another important partner, Mississippi Land Bank. Because land and farm financing are Mississippi Land Bank's primary focus, we've grown alongside these farmers' crops for more than 100 years. We understand what a farmer needs, and we know the lay of the land in North Mississippi. And that's where I stand. A lot of people in the equipment world, you know, things kind of go in trends, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, so kind of the first big thing uh, that we look at when we start evaluating our business is going to be our turf equipment. That's kind of the first big push because once the, you know, once everything, the water dries up and the grass starts growing, this is what everybody's looking to get. Uh, we carry the new right stand-up mower. Doesn't look like much, but this thing is, and it costs just as much as zero turn. Not a cheap unit at all. I mean, if you go out there and look at that zero turn, this thing right here, I mean, it's got all your components from your big pumps to your commercial engine to your large steel deck. Um, and these guys were the first ones to make the standard mower. Yes, always look for this bird's eye bird, your guarantee of top quality frozen food. And your big bird's eye buy this week is bird's eye orange juice. Easy, you can serve it in a minute. Thrifty, it will save you money. Orchard fresh and... And, here. and he's right here, right now. Online at thezone1059.com. And on your radio, ESPN 105.9, The Zone. Hey, Bill, how old did Louvier say he is again? He's he getting ready to turn 56. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. If Louvier at 56 runs a 5'5 five, five or better, then I'm going to say that's one of the faster 56-year-old sprints that we're going to find anywhere in the country. I really believe that. I really believe it. You're just not going to find that very much. DB texted the show on the Country Pleasing text line at 885-ESPN. He says, if y'all do a 40-yard dash on Highway 51, I'll keep time and bring the hourglass. (laughs) See, that's why 
in theory, it sounded like a good idea. So I was thinking, we do a show live at Divinity Equipment, Highway 51, Madison. I might even like get one of those big umbrellas and put it on the tractor and just sit up on a tractor and do the show sitting in the... They have an AC... Hey, somebody asked Jonathan at Divinity if they've got tractors with air conditioning. Anyway. I bet they do. I bet they do. But I'm saying, and then we get permission, and everybody signs a waiver so we're not liable for injuries. And we look, and, and during the commercial breaks, when nobody's coming... On Highway 51, we get out there real quick and time the 40-yard dash on the pavement. Because I'm thinking, you know, if you're trying to get it in while the cars aren't coming, there's motivation. There's even a little extra motivation to run faster. And uh, we're not going to be wasting time on people, you know, getting their legs loose and wanting to get the perfect stance. No, you better go. Get on the line and go. Maybe like one of those laser times. See, that's another thing. You know, you hear, oh, so-and-so runs a 4-3. He's a 4-3 guy. And then he gets to the combine, he ran a 4-5. Why? Because they're timing him electronically. It's always slower than the, than the hand time stuff. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we talking about, man? This is old guy radio. That's what this is. <laughs> and we're loaded up. In the casserole hour. Let's go I to the phone. We're probably line. broadcasting on Marconi's uh, little button thing that he used to push. And oh, yeah. the When they first put out the, tele, the telegraph. <laughs> Speaking of, there are still places where telegraph poles are still standing, aren't there? I saw a video this guy posted where he found this old section of a, a old railroad bed. In the woods, and most of it's covered up with kudzu, and he pointed it out. And there is an original telegraph pole still standing there covered in kudzu. Yeah, well, you know the old AT&T, what it stood for. What's that? American Telephone and Telegraph. And Telegraph, my goodness. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment, phone line. First up on line one, Scott. What's up, Scott? What's up, Matt? Not much. I um, how are your hamstrings? <laughs> well, it took about six months for them to heal up. They snapped like a, a it sounded like a rubber band popping. Mm. Wow, wow. That's horrible. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's real talk is what the kids say. Real talk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, on the, uh, the, 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 the Vinny runoff, that's, that's, that's bad because, uh, when mine popped, I face planted. So, the surface of uh, Highway 51 is not that smooth. That's it. The last thing we need... Right down the road from my house. The last thing we need is for not one person to get run over on Highway 51, but about three because they're trying to drag the one off the pavement. We we just don't need that, do we? So that's probably a bad idea. No, in the the gravel gravel parking lot, I pull in there probably twice a week, the gravel parking lot, it's pretty rough, too. It's pretty rough. Not a good surface for it's not, it. not good surface for a forty-yard, forty-yard uh, dash for old folks. That's right. Hey, um, real quick, Scott, before you turn loose. So, Res Dog texted in earlier. He said he's forty-three and can still run a four-seven. I questioned it, and he says 
He says, if I prove that I can run a 4.7 laser 40, will you let me take your place in the booth for one MSU game? Do you think, what do you think about a 43 year old saying he runs a 4.7 on a laser? Uh, all he's got to do is do it. That's a, that's a. Hey, another one. As the kids uh, say, picks or it didn't happen. As <laughs> <That's laughs> internet world. I t- well, I tell you, I tell you what. I have a neighbor. His name is Coach Prime. He lives right around the corner. He could do it. He could do it. Ain't no doubt. He could be the shoe in. I saw but, the. But, but, but I every, saw the subway commercial. Is, yeah, everybody else is a. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Herschel, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's that's a that's a. I saw Deuce McAllister at the uh, at the Country Club of Canton Prairie last year. He doesn't look like he could do it either. Hey, Deuce ain't running four seven. He ain't doing it. Not now. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just we're just we're just too, we're just too old. Maybe you know he back in the day he was good for probably you know four 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 nine. Man, or, look, whatnot, but, uh, that's it. When you were playing, when he was playing, Deuce could run a four nine backpedaling. He was that kind of athlete, sure, you know, but not anymore. Yeah. Time catches up. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Res Dog, I love the confidence. I want to see it. I want to see a 43-year-old run a 4-7 on a laser. And I also want to know what Coach Prime would run in a 40 right now, this very minute. I want to know what he'd run in a 40. All right, Chris on line two. What's up, Chris? Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he just do that? Didn't didn't yeah. Deion Sanders run a forty yard dash? Seems like I may have caught wind of that. Maybe somebody can look it I up think for it was us. Back, I think it was back during the uh, during what used to be the uh, combine or whatever it was, and he ran the forty. Okay. But the other thing I was going to say is is on the Dak news to your caller. I understand that you're a Dak fan and you believe things. But what did I say on my previous call? We have divas. And by God, Michael Irvin is the biggest diva that I've ever seen in my life. Him and Troy Eggman love the spotlight, and they love to stir up junk. (laughs) I have heard nothing of this such. I listen to Cowboys podcasts all the time, and those guys will shoot you straight. And I hear Nate Newton all the time. He does not. He hasn't said anything bad about Dak in the first place, and he'll be the first one to tell you. So, calm your, calm your expectations, there, buddy, because if it's four weeks, and we're talking about a professional athlete, they don't heal like me and you. These people sleep in hyperbaric chambers and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. I mean, they don't heal like me and you. Hey, I still, to this day, Chris, to this day, I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like um, Terrell Owens healing that broken ankle in about a week and a half. Remember that? Before he played in, I think, the Super Bowl or something. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous at how these people recover. And Dak hasn't, Dak's been down for two weeks. Mm -hmm. That's the first time that I've heard of him throwing a football in two weeks. So we have what four more, three or four more weeks. Yeah, but Chris, I, I agree. With, I He'll understand be ready what you. To go. I, I well, I understand what you're saying. You know, three more weeks of preseason or whatever. But my thing is this: it, it's twofold. Okay, is one 
it has to be a little concerning for the starting quarterback to miss that much practice time if it even if it is let's say 3 weeks or yeah, I mean, how many attempts and how many reps is he missing that he would normally be getting with this team that other teams are getting, first of all? That has to be somewhat concerning. It is a medical fact that this is a baseball injury that they shut baseball players down for four weeks. Well, if you come back, let's just say even earlier, let's just say it is three weeks that you're sort of shut down. Well, when you come back, it's not like you come back and you're immediately where you were before the injury. There's going to be a little bit of workup okay. time. So what I'm trying to tell you is is if he's got three more weeks, he's been shut down for two already. By the time you get to the first game, you're going to be shut down for five. Well, I mean, okay. All right, but you, you, just, you just did the math on it. That was the other part of this for me. Okay, if the first game is out is five weeks out from the injury, I know you're a Cowboys fan, but they're not going to Tampa and winning that game anyway. Why not? Why not? No why not How make you know your? T- why, well, that's my feeling. I think Tampa's going to win the game. I hope they don't. If Dak's playing, I'm certainly okay. pulling for the Cowboys. But I still think so Tampa's me, got a huge advantage playing at home and hosting that game. Why not target Week Two for him? Let me ask you a question. And I just you can go back and look at the numbers. Let me ask you a question. Who has the better wide receiver core? Who honestly has the better wide receiver for? Whoever Tom Brady's throwing to. Not true. <laughs> if we want to talk about better well, wide no, receiver you're right. Okay. Who better wide receiver core? You got Amari Cooper. You got Michael Gallup. And need I remind you that Amari Cooper still got a thousand yards last week? Who? I mean, last year, who was throwing him the ball? Yeah, Andy. Oh, right. Opie Taylor. Or, about five different quarterbacks? <laughs> About five different ones, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chris, I admire how well you make your point. I And I do get it. I mean, and I'm pulling for Dak. That's who I'm pulling for. Man, do you know Tom Brady would love to throw to those receivers Whew. that Dak has? Ain't no doubt. More of your texts coming up. When you choose Clinton. After these messages, we'll be right back. Arrive today. Jeans do come true. Thank you, Blue Delta. Yeah, jeans do come true. That's what the bag says. Blue Delta jeans makes the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit, hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi, my hometown. Let's dive in and see what we have here. Do what I did. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com. Find your fit, design a gene, and before you know it, you'll be addicted. Just for my listeners, enter discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase. Again, that's if you listen to me, you can use discount code Matt Wyatt, all lowercase, and at checkout, you're going to get a 10% discount off your order. So I just went online, ordered them, uh, bluedeltajeans.com, a couple weeks ago. 
went in. I didn't go get measured. I just entered, you know, what I knew about myself. I just answered the questions. And here they are at my doorstep a couple weeks later. Nice. That blue delta. Nice. I'm happy. <laughs> I've known the Blue Delta team for years, and I'm thrilled to have these guys on as a sponsor of this show. Blue Delta's virtual tailor is a fun and easy way to get yourself into the best fitting pair of jeans you're ever going to own. But you never thought you'd get a butt shot out of me, huh? How about that? Just answer the questions, and they fit absolutely perfectly. They couldn't fit better. So just go online, bluedeltajeans.com, answer the questions. It's amazing how they do it. They will fit perfectly. You're not going to find better material and better feeling pants, period, anywhere. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Use this code. Use the code. You're going to get a discount. They are the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn. I promise you that. And I know that you are going to love them too. Make sure you use the code. And remember, jeans do come true. After these messages, we'll be right let me tell you about an ice cream can't be beat. The very best tasting you can eat. It's meadow, 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 smooth, freeze meadow gold. Go to your ice cream man today and here's the word that you should say. Oh, give me meadow, 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 smooth, freeze meadow gold. And remember, folks, meadow gold is mighty good. For double enjoyment, reach for Beech Nut Peppermint Gum. It sparkles your smile, your breath, your whole sense of enjoyment. Beech Nut Peppermint in the familiar yellow pack. Six o'clock, dinner time. Thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. Yes, thank goodness for Jell-O Instant Pudding. The terrific busy day dessert you can make at the very last minute. See how quick and easy. Just add it to cold milk and beat it up. That's all. By the time you're ready to eat it, it's all ready for you. Jell-O Instant Pudding, made by the famous Jell-O folks. So creamy, so nourishing, so delicious. No other instant pudding is quite the same. Stock your shelves with all seven flavors. The good, good, busy day dessert. Jell-O Instant Pudding. Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here, right now. Online at 1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9, The Zone. Man, this is fantastic. Squirrel. Squirrel texted us the video. He was, uh, he was 60 years old. Then Doug Colson was 48, and this video aired on local TV, he said, for a while, and he's racing Doug in the 40-yard dash at the Jackson Prep Field. They timed him with a stopwatch, and uh, yeah, he finished ahead of him. Now, Squirrel says he's dropped 15 to 20 pounds since then, and... Uh, What size was Doug back then? Let me tell you something. 
Both of them are big old boys now. Let me, yeah. let me, let me tell Jack's you. still a big old boy. I see. He's here every morning <clears throat> on the other station. <laughs> Both of them are the round mound of rebound in this video I'm oh, watching right here. Buddy. And considering Doug, I mean, and they said Doug tore his knee up. Yep. <laughs> Bless his heart. Bless his heart. He finished the race. Okay, and they timed him with the stopwatch. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Doug about that one. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is so much fun. We have got to do something like that. You know, we, we just we just have to do something like that. It's so much fun to watch. Don't have to uh, participate. <laughs> you can run the stopwatch. How about there that? There you go. I can run that. Or you could be our announcer, like be a PA announcer and tell us the results of each one. And that is really fun. down the field for 40 yards is Matt Wyatt. <laughs> I watched somebody run for 40 yards, and I honestly think to myself, I don't know if my body would allow me to finish it or not. All right. Uh, well, but yeah, I could do it. Like uh, my daughter, when she rides her bike, a lot of times I run along beside her. You know, so I could finish it. I just don't know that I could go all out. Uh, a bunch of text messages. Carlos says, there is never not a car coming on Highway 51 by Divinity. That's true. We might need local law enforcement to help us. You know, put their hands up, stop them while we do the... Might have to do it at the Spring Ridge Road location. That would be a good one. Kind of out in the woods there. <laughs> or just on the lot somewhere, you know? Yeah, just on the um, lot there. There's a, there's a big uh, place right beside it now that's yeah, cleared off. We might could do that. Uh, Boomer Sooner says, as long as we don't have like a Chris Jones moment, <laughs> those of you who know, if you know, you know. Uh, White Denzel says... He says, if I was Michael Thomas, I would have held out on the surgery also. I mean, look at his options at quarterback, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. You're wondering if that's part of it? Hmm. Miko says, we know Dion is fast, but what player has the fastest recorded 40 time but not during the combine? Well, who was it? Was it Bo Jackson? Was he the one that had the fastest recorded? Or was it someone else? We were talking about receivers. Louvier says Tampa has Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. Yeah, not bad, huh? Not bad at all, Louvier, as we make the comparison. No question about it. It does seem like the best group of receivers is whoever or whomever Tom Brady is throwing to. B-Dog, too, says, I'm more skeptical about these 40- and 50-year-olds 40 times than I am about the Mississippi Cougar sightings. <laughs> I'm, sc- I'm, I'm kind of with you on this stuff. And to Squirrel's credit, he is the lone individual who, during all of this, you know, big talking, sticking our chest out today, he's the only one who has sent me a video. He's the only one. Yeah, got the pic. <laughs> we got the picture to prove it. Uh, Anthony, Anthony, you got me. Anthony from Tupelo said, so you're predicting that Tampa Bay will beat Dallas. Yesterday when I predicted State will beat the NC State by two touchdowns, you told some guy you didn't make predictions on games. <laughs> I am the smooth hypocrite. I am absolutely hypocritical, and you just proved it, Anthony. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm predicting it. It seems like Tampa would win it. It's a thought. It's a thought because we're talking about Dak Prescott rushing to get back, and I'm like, well, Tampa's going to have a big advantage in the game anyway. But point made. 
Okay, and very quickly here, uh, Miko, that's right, Bo Jackson was a 4-1-3 unofficial, which is just ridiculous for a guy his size. Uh, we got more uh, crowing, rooster crowing here about uh, 40 times. <laughs> Eric, let me just tell you, he wants to see the video of Squirrel. You just have to find him. It was glorious. He's probably you can probably find it somewhere. Google it. Local man outruns local sports radio host at Jackson Prep. I'm talking about it's like we're talking about two goodens now. That's two goodens right there. <laughs> Racing each other. All right. Before we run completely out of time, Mr. Bill, yes, let's sir. jump over here into the Wayback Machine, can we? Sure, sure. Let's start off on this day in 1968 on American Bandstand when the McCoys performed a song called Jesse Brady. This song was popular back when Squirrel said he was a DB running a sub five for it. After Hang On Sloopy. This was back when Louvier ran a reel four six or whatever it is he said. He said he'd do five five now. So, uh, Jesse Brady, I don't know that I've ever heard this song, Bill. That's the first time I've heard it, too. I know that, you know, of course, they did Hang On Sloopy was their big hit. You know? Yeah. It's 68, but it's kind of a 70s sound, almost. I know, yeah, close to it. Okay, so that was on August the 10th, 1968 on Bandstand. A few years later, August 10th, 1974, Billy Preston... With nothing for nothing. Bring that on. Yeah. Zero, baby. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Gotta Gotta have something if you want to be with me. Got to have something if you want to be with me. It's basic mathematics, Bill. Yeah, exactly. Now, zero this is, plus zero is. That's right. This this zero. is a great oh, Jake song. Jake held up two fingers. Jake held up two fingers just then. When I said zero plus zero, he held up two fingers. It ain't two. <laughs> Matt said it ain't two, Jack. <laughs> it is not two. <laughs> we may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. Jake's Jake. got his own math. He goes by his yeah. own wording, his own math. Right. He's also wearing his TCU shirt today. This is the yeah. same guy who's out here educationing young people. Educationing those young people, yeah. <laughs> of course, we're playing the fifth Beatle here. You know. Right. Billy Preston, Nothing for Nothing. That's a great song this day. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I thought I would throw this note at you, too, Bill, and, um, on the television part of the, the history front. I was blown away by this. It said on this day, August the 10th, on ABC in 1948, Candid Camera made its TV debut. Now, how is that possible? 1948. Well, there, there was TV around then. It was 
not really good to watch, but yeah. <laughs> 1948 is kind of like little small screens and uh, black and white that was real fuzzy. Well, and here's the thing about it. Okay, Candid Camera. It says the original title was Candid Microphone. Yeah, they did it on radio first. Okay, so so it was so on radio it was Candid Microphone. And then it goes to TV, it becomes Candid Camera. Yep. But made its debut in 1948. I mean, and that show was still going on in oh, some yeah. iteration in the in the 80s. I mean, Alan Funt. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is that we live in a world now where every single one of us is carrying a camera, can record and publish anything we want to. But Candid Camera was so popular because they literally were the only ones doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sniping video and then putting it where you could see it and people didn't know they were being filmed. And it was fascinating back then. Yeah, it's like the guys now that pull all the jokes, the impractical jokers. Well, Candy Camera was doing that kind of thing back then, too. Yeah. And they would pull a joke on somebody and film it, you know. <laughs> right. Smile, and, you're on Candy Camera. And then get their permission afterwards. <laughs> afterwards. And be like, okay, we can use because we didn't do it live. Yeah, they didn't you do know. it live. Everything was recorded, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that's something else, I, that it went that far back. I, I mm -hmm. do remember seeing some of that stuff as a kid. And, you know, the... It's almost like, okay, you had candid camera. Nobody had ever seen anything like it. And it was that way all the way through the 70s and, and even parts of the 80s. And then around about mid-80s or whenever it started, we could look it up, is when the show that uh, Dick Clark and Ed McMahon did called uh, Funny. F well, well, they had a blooper show. Yeah, the Funniest Home Videos started. Yeah, and they did the blooper show, and they would also they the include some home video stuff. And then you had Funniest yeah. Home Videos. And then when the Internet took over, those things just went away. Because we just post our own stuff now. Yeah, I mean, everybody does it now. Yeah. <laughs> but America's Funniest Home Videos is still a real popular show. on. The I know. It's great in syndication, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Beats well, the... They still show it on ABC on Sundays. And, and it's such a great... I mean, it, even the reruns. Videos that are 15 years old, it still beats oh, yeah. the heck out of 90% of the new stuff they're putting on TV these days. Yeah, Antonio Rivero is the new host of it now. He does a, a, the, the brand new. Yeah. Bat time, same bat channel. See y'all then. See ya! Live Oak Scott.